Howdy do you fans and welcome to the Big Blue Box Podcast. My name's Gary. My name's Adam. And welcome to episode 212. Ribbit. Have you ever thought what it's like to be wanderers in the fourth dimension? Nobody in the universe can do what we're doing. I've reversed the polarity of the neutron flow so the TARDIS should be free of the force field now. There's no point in being grown up if you can't be childish sometimes. The trouble with time travel is one never seems to find the time. Change, my dear. And it seems on a moment too soon. Unlimited rice pudding, etc., etc. I am the doctor. Great men are forged in fire. It is the privilege of lesser men to light the flame. I'm the doctor. This is Rose Tyler. She's my plus one. Is that all right? That would be me. Hello. Surprise. Boom. Etc. I'm the doctor. Do everything I tell you. Don't ask stupid questions. And don't wander off. How can you kid this? I don't like the colour. Howdy do who fans Hope you've all had a cracking week And that you've managed to do something, something Doctor, Doctor who, who related, related Yes uh, Welcome to the Big Blue Box Podcast Waving to new subs and listeners Hope you're all very well And a wave to our long timers as well Hope you're all. Hope you're all good. I'm trying to think of a good frog joke there, but I can't. Hope you've all uh, good and that you've not committed suicide. As in what? Kermit. Oh, blimey! That went dark quick. That went dark, didn't it? Yeah, I'm trying <laughs> to think of like frog. Hope you've had a totally excellent. Uh, no, that's toad. No, oh, uh, damn, so close. Um, uh, think. <laughs> we actually we should have thought of this before we should have we done. press record yeah I'm yes. sure there's lots of frog jokes out there yes I was drinking some Croca-Cola <laughs> while watching the <laughs> uh, yes oh dear yeah it was a hot frog <laughs> <laughs> I hopped onto it with enthusiasm oh dear oh dear Deary me. No. Sorry, listeners. We've probably lost them all now. We're already, yeah. Any new any new listeners tuning in? What's this podcast I've heard about? Yeah. Oh, dear. <laughs> <laughs> yes, it was, uh, yeah, it was awesome that, the, <laughs> that the, the internet was just flooded with memes, like, immediately after it. Like, people oh, just, they must have had Photoshop open while the episode was on. Because yeah. literally within seconds of it finished, it was just a flood of them. Um, <laughs> just frog joke it was yeah yeah I'm not know, sure if Chibbers intended that but I don't know <laughs> well, I was thinking that actually because I was thinking it got people talking didn't it which obviously is a good thing but were they talking about it in a good way I don't know I mean they say any any publicity is good publicity don't they but I'm not yeah. <laughs> I'm not so sure <laughs> he, took, he took a leap of faith with it oh no <laughs> I can see he's going to do this on podcast <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> ah, yes. Yeah, we have got a couple of bits of news and merch to, to get through, and then we are on to our review of, and I'm not going to do my bad Norwegian accent. No. On to our review of It Takes You Away. 
It it didn't stop the people in the episode, so I don't see why it should stop you. <laughs> <laughs> oh, oh, crikey. Go on, do it. No, don't do it. Cause no, don't he, do it. No. no, he tried it before we pressed record and it sounded like Arnold Schwarzenegger was in the room. I was like, "That's who's that going to be? Yeah, I just can't do it, mate. I just can't seem to, can't it. to get it at all. It just sounds sort of half German, Austrian, weird. It's in that, ra- that vague area of yeah. the world. I just can't really, can't really nail it. I don't know. I can't. Well, work on it. Yeah, yeah. Give us a bit of King James in the meantime. Give us a bit of King yes. James. What have you been up to, my dear fellow, for this week? Yeah. Mm. <laughs> mm. Uh, well, <laughs> Someone said that sounded more like Stewie from Family Guy last yeah, week. Yeah, it did, actually. It did. Yes. It did. yes. What have you been up to, mate? I have been up to uh, not a lot. I, I, I listened to a bit of Big Finish this week. Oh, so, um, do you remember me talking about this loose trilogy? Uh, oh, yeah, you, you've yeah. got the middle bit. So they did this loose trilogy featuring a new character from Unit, um, played by the guy from The Inbetweeners whose name escapes me. <laughs> that was surpriseless, wasn't it? Blake Harrison, that's <laughs> Blake the one. He's playing this new character called um, Daniel Hopkins, and they've done these three stories with him. Uh, sort of, it's a loose trilogy, but you can listen to the stories of Standalone as well, which is good. Uh, and they just released the third part called Warlock's Cross. With uh, with uh, Sylvester McCoy as the Doctor, um, lots of rolling R's and stuff in it, as you'd expect. So that was very cool. It was good to good to sort of get to the because you got the middle part, which is called Hour of the Cybermen. Okay, and yep. I oh, I said to you, didn't I, how good that story was? And I don't know if you have you had a chance to listen to it yet. No, no. Okay, because. No. The ending of that's really cool, and then I was thinking, oh, I can't wait to hear the third part to see how they pick that that up. Um, and uh, yeah, it's it, it's a really good story. It didn't feel like a massive conclusion like I was expecting, um, but it was really good, and it brings back another character that's um, been in the big finish stories on and off for quite some time, called Klein, oh, uh, who's Tracy another fan. Yeah. yeah, another great character. So yeah. um, the first part of it, for anyone that wants to get a strategy, because I do recommend it, the first part was called The Heliact Rift, um, which starred Peter Davison. That was a good story. I really enjoyed that. Then the next part was Hour of the Cybermen with Colin Baker, and that I thought was brilliant because they brought back David Banks oh, as cool. the cyber yeah. leader. Excellent. And there was lots of excellence excellent. in it from what I remember. <laughs> and, um, and that was really good. And then this third part that's just come out, Warlock's Cross, um, was a was a really good story. Quite, um, I would say you have to listen to this one a bit more carefully. I think Hour of the Cybermen was a bit easier to follow. This one's got quite a lot going on in it, but it's still a good story. Um, okay. So yeah, good little three part trilogy there. Uh, apart from that, um, had an unexpected little visit to FP at the weekend oh, uh, nice, on nice. Saturday. Yeah, I didn't intend to. I was, I was meeting up with a friend actually, but. You know what it's like when I'm in London. It's like the tractor beam, the, the the Forbidden Planet doors open, the tractor beam comes out, and it doesn't matter where I am in London. I seem to get sucked in. Um, so I had a quick look in there, and um, I was after those new Titans. You know, I love the Titans, the the new range. Yep. yep. Um, which is is not a particularly good range actually. It's called the Renegade Collection. But there's this TARDIS and that in it. And I was thinking, oh, if I can feel a heavy box, I might get one. But anyway, they only had a couple on the shelf and uh, none of them felt heavy. So I didn't get one of them. Um, they had about a thousand of this very limited edition <laughs> Barbie doll. I was thinking, I thought it was limited. They had limited hundreds of it. And and I was like, yeah, it looks quite nice. 
I mean, I've never owned a Barbie. Uh, I wouldn't mind getting one, but it's 55 <laughs> quid. Yeah, yeah. So I picked it up and I was thinking, right, so what's special about it? Is it got, a, you know, is it got a gold leaf Sonic in there or something? Like, why is it so expensive? Um, yeah, I mean, it's perfectly nice piece of merch and something a bit odd, but 55 quid. Um, and like I say, there's been this big thing about it. big stickers on all of them saying one per customer and all this. And I was thinking, I think you'd be lucky to sell one. Is it 50? Anyway, yeah. So it does look nice, I have to say, but I don't don't get the price of that at all. But then somebody did tell me that Barbies are quite expensive anyway. So maybe, maybe that's why. I don't know. Maybe they are. Maybe they are. But I was having a look at them because, you know, I look at, I always sort of, sort of look at the, you know, if, if I buy something, I always check out which is the best one. So if yeah. there's three on the shelf, I have to look at them all. And, and I, I was just looking at it thinking, well, that one, you could sort of see the hair falling off it because her hair is made of like, <laughs> looks like nylon or something. I don't know. What would it be? It's like, it's like cotton or something. I don't know. Just I was thinking we, it's all coming off. Barbara's going to be bold by the end of the year. It's just like, <laughs> you know, considering the price, I don't know. The quality just didn't look that great. It but. didn't look, yeah, I know what you mean. And then one of the boxes is all smashed up as well that they'd put on the thing. And, oh, dear me, it was a bit of a sight. Um, so, yeah, I also bumped into um, our friend uh, Ryan, who we did the Doctor Who quiz with oh, a few months ago now. Do you remember, Ryan? Uh, joined us at our table to do oh, the yes. Doctor Who quiz. Yep. Yeah, he was in there. So I had a good old little chat with him and stuff. So that was quite a nice, unexpected little visit to FP. But I, di- I didn't buy anything. And I, I don't know. I hate it when I come out of FP with nothing. I was like, I'm a bit like a sort of a, I don't know, get like, get the cold sweats. Do you know what I mean? I'm <laughs> like, oh, I must find something to buy, something to waste my money on. And I didn't. Yeah. So I was a little bit disappointed. Yeah. I'm, really? I'm the same, mate. I've come out of FBA empty handed a couple of times and it's, mm. you just feel like, you know, like, there should be a backing track, like some really sad music as you're walking out of your head. Oh, I can hear the Incredible yeah. Hulk. Theme. Do you yes, remember when he, the in the old music. 70s show, do, 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 exactly he's just that. walking down the road. Yep, yep. Yeah. Yeah. Walking down Tottenham Court Road to that theme. Yeah. yeah no, it's a bit like I saw a few things. I was thinking, oh, that's quite good. I sort of, I could have bought stuff, but I'm trying to be good. So I didn't. And my wallet heaved a huge sigh of relief as, as I left. So <laughs> that was all good. <laughs> so yeah, maybe someone will get me a Barbie for Christmas. Oh, if only, eh? Imagine opening that on Christmas Day and it being bold. Oh. <laughs> the hairs all fell out. Oh, <laughs> the yeah. backdrop's all crushed where they've shoved it in the box. Oh, dear. Yeah. So that's been me, mate. What about you? That's what have you been, been up you. to? Uh, I've had a really quiet week, mate. I haven't done anything yeah. Doctor Who oh, at all. Should, should have got Arrow of the Sidemen on, mate. You're going to like that when you get around to listen I'm to it. I'm looking forward to it. Yeah, I've just had a busy week. I've got some sort of stuff going on at the minute with... Um, various things the work's really busy this time of year and okay. some other bits and pieces so yeah just um i just literally haven't found the time to sit down and do anything you know those weeks where they just sort of fly by yeah no i do yeah, yeah. and you yeah, just think where's I... that gone yeah yeah no funny enough i put the I, I don't know why i was tidying up and stuff the other day and i was like oh i feel like watching the invasion you know the patrick drought Dr- oh, yeah. side story yeah. i was thinking yeah blimey it's been ages since i watched that something must have put it in my mind. I don't know why it suddenly jumped in my mind that I needed to watch it, but it did. I was literally just tidying up figures and stuff. And, and I thought, yeah, I'm going to, when I've done this, my reward for all this cleaning is going to be to watch the invasion. Um, so I dug it off the shelf and I put it by the TV ready to watch. Um, and it's still there. 
I, I literally, like you said, before I knew it, the day had gone. I thought, oh, I'll, I'll watch it tomorrow because it's, it's a, I think it's a six part, isn't it? I seem to remember it being long. It might be a four. I can't remember. But I thought, oh, I'll watch it later. I haven't really got time now. So, yeah, and it's still there, mate. I, I still haven't watched it because the week's just flying by, if you know what I mean. I might get a chance to watch it this afternoon, hopefully. Because um, we haven't reviewed it either. It's one we haven't done. And I was thinking, yeah, it's been ages since I've watched The Invasion. Um, I can't even remember how much of it's animated. I think it's two episodes, is it? A couple of them, anyway. Two, I think. Yeah, yeah. I think it's two, anyway, yeah. Yeah, I just fancied a bit of Trelton and I thought Cybermen and yeah. So I don't know. This goes out on a Friday. I may well have watched it by the time this podcast goes out. Nothing yeah. wrong with that, mate. Bit of Trelton. No. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. I'm going to have good. a look now and see how many are animated. But anyway, yeah. yeah. And obviously I, I was at home on Sunday night, so I got to watch Doctor Who live. Did you watch it live? Oh, the, yeah. Yeah. Did you watch it live? I watched it live, mate. Oh, okay. I don't know why. I thought you were out for some reason. No, not this week. Because no. people do assume we live together, but we, we don't. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Um, it's a yeah, weird one. Why. Yeah. So you got to watch it live. I was going to say to you, actually, do you watch Do you watch it? I'm trying to think the way to say it doesn't sound bad. Do you watch it alone? Do you watch it all on your own? <laughs> do you do it alone or do, or do you, it with someone else? Yeah, yeah. What's it, what's it like? Um, do, yeah, do you watch it alone or do you watch it with your kids or do you watch it with your other half or is it a bit of if they're in the room they watch it or or do you or do you like lock yourself away and watch it because you want quiet or i was just wondering yeah so i well when i when the matt smith like the later part of the matt smith stuff was on yeah um i watched it with with the boys with my sons and then when capaldi came on they Lost interest at first because I just thought, "Who's this old old dude?" Um, so it was just me watching alone. But then they came back into it. But with Jodie, it's just been me because my wife just doesn't really. She's not feeling this doctor at all, mate. No, so no. She's not been, a lot of people on uh, from yeah. what I've been hearing. Yeah. yeah. So she's not really keen. So it's just mm-hmm. all of series eleven. It's just been me on the Todd. So none of the kids yeah. are into it. None of your kids. No, not this one. No. No. Have they watched any of it? Uh, though they watched some of the um, of episode one, right, right. Um, but they sort of buggered off with ten minutes to go, fifteen minutes mm. to go. So. Just didn't grab them. No, not really. Mm. No, it's Which, like you said, it's a common theme. Unfortunately, for I mean, don't get me wrong, it's done very well, but it seems to be a common theme with um, with some people. Yeah, well, it's it's similar for me. I mean, that's the reason I ask because obviously at the minute my partner's away, so I'm watching them on my own, and and I'm quite liking the sort of quiet. But he's quite good actually. No, he doesn't normally talk for him. He knows what I'm like. So, um, yeah, it just made me think because I was like, he started the series with me. We we watched them together, and I think he lost. He was he liked the first one. He liked the Rosa Parks one, but then I think he lost it around the Sanandra. Oh, what was it called? Saranga conundrum saranga conundrum that's the one that lost him i think yeah because up until that point he was kind of getting into it saying yeah not bad story's still not great but it's you know it's it's better and and then i think yeah sort of over the weeks he was getting a little bit more i could see him on the phone a bit more and then yeah that one finished him off and since then um he hasn't really been bothered and obviously he was away last week so he he hasn't seen oh no he did he watched the witch finders actually on his iPad, and he oh, said right. he quite okay. he said he quite enjoyed it. Yeah. So, 
Hmm. Yeah, but I don't know what he'll make of this week's. Um, <laughs> I look forward to hearing his thoughts on that. But yeah, yeah but I, so I think I've I think I've gone back to watching it on my own. Really, on your Todd, mate. Yeah, mm. sometimes it's the best way. Well, it can be. Yeah, I don't know. It's, it's weird, isn't it? Because sometimes if it's a good episode, it's really nice to have someone there to turn to at the end and say, oh, that was brilliant, wasn't it? And mm. But if it's a bit of a cringe, you sort of <laughs> think, oh, I'm glad I was like, I'm sort of glad I was on my own for one scene in this week's, if you know what I mean. Like, can you imagine? I wouldn't want to be like with uh, <laughs> sort yeah. of family or anything, yes. you know, casual viewers or or whatever, because I don't think they would have been, they'd have been like, what the hell's that? Yeah. yeah. Um, but anyway, I was just curious. Yeah. So we're both on our Todd. <laughs> How do our listeners listen or watch the, the new episodes as they go out? Yeah. That'd be interesting to find out. Well, before I, you know, when I was a single man, I, I used to make a point of locking myself away. I used to literally, I couldn't bear to be have anyone next to me. Well, I like, you know, I needed quiet. I wanted to watch it and take it all in. Um, but now I, I do kind of like having someone with me to watch it. If it's, you know, just to get another opinion sort of thing. Yeah. You, know? mm. you were very social back then by the sound of it. <laughs> social <No>. viewing. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's right. Yeah. Okay. I used to yeah, I used to, I used to quite look forward to just I used to get like a little bottle of wine or something, just uh Doctor Who nights, you know, or a couple of beers, <laughs> Doctor Who night on my own, shut the door. Yeah, yep. snacks. Well you used to have confidential afterwards as well, you oh, see. Of course, so it used yeah. to be so it used to be it wasn't just like, you know, an episode and oh what am I gonna do myself now? It used to be a bit of a sort of event thing of having confidential afterwards and it's a bit more fun, if you know what I mean. I remember when I first got the older the sort of the earlier series DVDs. Mm. and really loving watching the confidential yeah. bits on there. They're so good. I was gutted when they took those away. I know, yeah. yeah. Russell was always really good on them, wasn't he? I used yes. to, he was always so full of energy on those behind-the-scenes things. It's yeah. quite strange when you think back to think um, how unhappy poor old Chris was. When you watch those, you know, and he's next to Russell sometimes, you know, in the <laughs> behind the scenes, and he just he, I'd never sort of picked up anything bad between those two. I find it really strange and sad that they it's weird isn't it to think that actually behind as soon as the cameras stopped rolling they probably went in opposite directions it's just really yeah really strange indeed mm. makes me want to watch them again actually yes me too I still yeah. haven't found somebody I think when we reviewed the episode whatever it was it said that there was um, a read through in a restaurant with um, uh, what was it with um, Stephen Moffat and I don't know it was like this read through in a restaurant, and I was thinking I must watch that extra because I'd love to see that, but I still haven't found it. I remember putting the DVD in after we watched the extra, after we watched the episode. But I don't know if anyone knows what I'm banging on about. I still I want really want to find that. It might have been Russell and might have been Russell and um, Tennant doing a read through. That sounds more like it. Yeah, 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 in like Joe Allen or some restaurant like that. I can't remember. Oh, okay. Yeah, I have to find that. Yeah. Although it could be another one of my crazy dreams that has drifted into reality. No, that no, does I, happen. No, I vaguely remember that. <laughs> does it ring a bell? That being a thing, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Anyways. Yeah. If anyone knows what we're talking about, <laughs> let us know. <laughs> Time for news. Yes. First up, we have some viewing figures for um, the last couple of weeks worth of 
uh, episodes, The Witchfinders. Mm. Uh, the confirmed or consolidated, whatever you want to call it, came in at 7.21 mil. Another one over the seven then? Yeah. That's good, isn't it? Pretty good. That is good, yeah. Yes. I can't remember what the overnights were. I think it was five something. It was, yeah. I'm sure it was, Five yeah. something, yeah. Uh, according to Barb, the Broadcasting Research Audience Board, very official, mm. uh, they said that an additional 78,000 people watched on their computers. <laughs> 57,000 watched on a tablet and 48,000 watched on a smartphone. Blimey. It's the 17th most watched program of the week, ending the 18th of November. All right, okay. That's not too bad. No, it's not bad at all, is it? It's funny because there's been a lot of talk about the ratings dropping every week and stuff, but um, I guess we kind of, you can get a sort of feel of things with an overnight, but when you get the officials, they've all been over sort of 7 million. And I, to be honest with you, I don't think that's bad at all, really, no, in this no. day and age. I think that's I think that's very uh, respectable. That's no, not too bad, actually. Yeah, I think it's good. Especially these can sort of consolidated and and all that stuff. It's a different beast nowadays, isn't it? But Yeah. Uh, not too bad. And then overnight figures for It Takes You Away um, sits at just over 5 mil, so 5.07. Right. which had a share of 25% of the total TV audience, according to the unofficial overnight figures. So a quarter of viewers tuned into the Doctor Who. Yeah, that's good. That is good. So, yeah, it's been fairly consistent now, hasn't it? I think for the last three or four episodes, it's settled into this around about just over five for the overnights, and then we get another mil or two mil Yeah, once everything gets tallied up so still not too bad uh, no I think that's good I mean if the overnights for it takes you away is 5 million that'll be around the 7 million again I assume and then we've only got this week's episode left so you know that's the final I wouldn't have thought it would drop you know much if anything it might go up being the final so yeah, that's, that's what I thought overall yeah. um, the series has done well in terms of the ratings uh, I don't know about the AI figures, whatever that thing is, but yeah, very good. Uh, right, in other news then, uh, do you remember these escape rooms that um, were talked about ooh, a couple of months back uh, by a company called Worlds Collide? Is that the company? Um, or is that just what they call it? So Escape Hunt is the thing, oh, Escape, Hunt. escape Hunt, yeah. Yeah. And uh, Worlds Collide is like the sort of banner of it then. Yeah, that's the name, the name they've given for the, the Doctor Who themed. Yeah. Room. So I'm still trying yeah. to get my head around this. So so these have all so from the sixth of December, um, you're gonna be able to buy tickets uh for the first tryouts for these these games. And I'm from what I understand then, a load of people, presumably dot two fans, get locked in a room <laughs> in very and they're they're gonna do this at various locations over the uh, across the country, which I'll give you in a minute. And then you get given clues and you have to work together to escape the room. Is that right? That's I think that's it, yeah. That's the yeah. long and short of it, yeah. I mean, is there going to be sort of Daleks in the shadows popping out or p people dressed as weeping angels? I don't know. Is there going to be stuff in that room? I've, well, they haven't said anything in detail yet. Mm. So I think there's a time limit. I think you get you and a an bunch hour. of other people get thrown in and then there's a bunch of clues that you'll have to solve in, in sequence to get you out of the room within the time limit. Where it concerns having Who-themed monsters in there, and all mm. that jazz. I really don't know. They haven't said what the details are for it. But there must be something. Yeah, I was going to say, I'm really intrigued by this because there must be something 
in that room. They're not going to, you know, I'm assuming they'll have props and I don't know, maybe a TARDIS or something. It's got to be something in there. Maybe the console. I mean, that'd be cool. Um, so yeah, this is going out across the country. Um, hopefully in nearly 50 locations across 27 countries around the world. Uh, In the UK, uh, the locations announced for early 2019 are Bristol uh, from the 16th of January, Leeds from the 25th of January, Oxford from the 8th of Feb, Manchester from the 22nd of Feb, Reading from the 8th of March, and uh, Birmingham on the 22nd of March. So, yeah, that's quite good because I think hopefully people will be able to get to, you know, one of those quite easily. What do you, what do you think of this, mate? I'm, I'm intrigued by it, but I also don't like the thought of being locked in a room because <laughs> I'm a bit claustrophobic. So, <laughs> OK, yeah. So I don't think it's I think it's uh, I, I don't know 100 percent the details on Escape Hunt in general. Mm. Um, but from what I understand, it's not a tiny room where you feel like you're in prison yeah. or anything. I think it's a fairly yeah. decent large room with plenty of space to do your things. I don't think you'll feel too too bad in there. But mm. um yeah, apparently these things are very popular. They they tend to split them across two different offerings, I suppose. The first one is right. just the general public who just want to crack and just have a laugh with these things. And the other side of it is a lot of sort of companies do their team building stuff oh, around it because it's quite I good for see. you have to work yeah. as a team you see to solve these clues and whatnot oh right yeah I'm with so you. apparently it's quite popular for both you know that sort of thing but yeah mm. i've just i could be cool i suppose i don't even know how much the tickets are i don't even know if it's a Is pricey it... thing or no <clears throat> no if we get any sort of updates on prices obviously we'll let people know but no i haven't got anything on that yet yeah but um, it could be a good laugh though mate it could be a good yeah, it could be. Yeah, I'm really, as I said, I'm very intrigued by it. Definitely, yeah. Be interested to see what, what it is. Yeah. Mm. yeah. Right, so that's it for news. Should we see what old Grumpy Pants has got? Oh, yeah. Merch corner. Merch corner. Merch corner. I don't know whether to be impressed or disgusted. It's a bit rubbish, but it's pretty. It's very pretty. Yeah. The it moment. is pretty, actually. It is. The moment. It is pretty, yeah. In this moment. Mm. Remember the moment from the day of the doctor? Day of the doctor. Yeah. Yes, I do, yeah. Those uh, clever chaps over at Rubbertoe uh, have made a mini one. Mm-hmm. A mini moment. <laughs> a mini moment. <laughs> it's quite cute. Uh, so, Rubbertoe, you've probably heard us speak about these guys a few times before. They make these glorious, beautiful little um, props these prop replicas. Uh, and they're normally pretty good because they have access to like the original, um, or like the original design files, I guess you could call it. Yeah. So when these props are being developed and made for the show, uh, rubber. So are either the people that do it for the show or they get the original files and they can recreate them. So pretty much bang on screen accuracy, I would say. Yeah. Most of the time. And their latest offering is the mini moment prop replica. Um so they've got a load of a load of blurb about what it actually is, but we all know what it is. Um they go on to say that um uh the CAD files, uh so I think CAD is like a sort of technical drawing software thing. Uh they say that the CAD files for this miniature replica were drawn for us by Alan Hardy who is the Doctor Who prop maker responsible for making the original on-screen prop. 
Mm-hmm. So each mini moment has been hand cast from polyurethane, polyurethane resin by Alan himself. Every mini moment is then stained to create a wood effect and then assembled with each exquisitely detailed laser cut panel. Uh, the replica as a whole is comprised of 12 different components, which is then painted, dry brushed, and the whole piece is then aged. Again, every part of this process is done by hand. There we go. This uh, this mini moment uh, complements other Roboto replicas, such as the Siege Mode TARDIS and the Power of Three Cube, and they're all made to the same scale. Mm-hmm. There we go. Uh, so, talking about Roboto stuff in the past, you'd also be aware that these are quite pricey. They are, yeah. Yeah. Uh, so for the mini moment prop, you're looking at 115 squids. Mm-hmm. Plus shipping, I think. Add to basket. Um, I'll put it on my Christmas list, I think. <laughs> what do you want for Christmas? Uh, shipping is free in the UK. Sorry. Yeah. Shipping is free if you're in the UK. Um, if you're outside of the UK, um, yeah, I imagine it's... I don't know, reasonable shipping costs. It's not that big a package. It's pretty mm. small. But uh, yeah, these things are normally really cool. And um, I love my little Siege Motardis. I think it's a you beautiful do, yeah. little prop. It's a lovely thing. And this could go really nicely with it. So this might have to go down on the old list as well because inevitably we're going to have the whole what do you want for Christmas conversation soon. Mm. So this could be a winner. I'll tell you what, it looks lovely. Uh, I remember they did a about a very small run of full size uh, replicas of the mini moment of the moment. Sorry, not the mini moment. They actually did the full size moment, didn't they? I think they made about eight of them um, and they cost a fortune, but it looked <laughs> absolutely incredible. Yeah. Um, do you know when I first saw the price, I was a bit like, yeah, I thought it'd be expensive, 115 quid. But the more I think about it, you know, um, it is a lot of money, but it's a beautiful hand painted crafted thing yeah and when i compare it to some of the other stuff that's around that price yeah i kind of think it's not too bad you know um, like if i had the money I, I do think it's it's worth it um because of the craftsmanship involved in it because that's actually cheaper than like if i was to buy the new set of titan figures in a box you know you can buy the complete sets that's oh, yeah. 130 yeah. quid for that set mm-hmm. for a load of little plastic figures now i love titans as you know but even I, I was like, nah. in the past, I've bought a couple of sets for like 130 quid. But with this latest set, I've like, nah, not going to get it. It's too much. You know, figures aren't that good in it. So this is less than that. And I don't think really there's any comparison, to be honest with you. Do you know what I mean? If you, it yeah, sounds I mean, a lot, but yeah. if you if you sort of think about stuff, that's that. For example, that's the same price as two Barbie dolls. <laughs> pretty <laughs> when much. When you put it like that, yes. So two Barbie dolls or a beautiful mini moment replica. I mean, it's, yeah, it's 100 quid, 150 quid. It is expensive, but actually, I'll be honest, I think it's worth it. I think it's lovely. That's not to say I can afford one because I can't, but if I had the money, I would I would yeah, buy one. Lovely, I think yeah. lovely, yeah. Uh, there is, they do this, um, anyone that's got the Siege Motardis or any of the Rubber Toe uh, Sonics as well, they do this little thing called the universal the universal display stand so if you're putting this down on your christmas list Mm. you might as well ask for this as well in for a penny um it's like a little triangle um little base stand and it holds like 
either this mini moment or the Siege Mode TARDIS or the little Power of Three cube. It sort of holds it at like a little angle, if that makes sense. So it looks like it's, um, so, so instead of just having it flat on the on your shelf, it sort of holds it up at an angle. So it looks really cool. Mm. That's 30 quid on its own. So if you're going to ask for a Doctor Who prop of at least 100 quid, you might as well bung this in there as a request as well. Yeah, well, it does. It yeah. does. Look, I do like, I'll see what you mean. I do like the little stand. Um, I'm just looking to see what else they've got because I do love the rubber toe stuff. I, as I said, it's um, it's expensive, but it, but it is lovely. And the, it's just the craftsmanship, I think, is great. So there's a little... Uh, I've got one of the confession dials I bought from their majors go, oh, which is yeah. lovely. And yeah. you've got the siege mode TARDIS and yeah, it's nice stuff. I've got my eye on Romana's sonic screwdriver. I don't know why I just love that. It's so, it's very simple, but I think cause they've put it in that box with the diamond logo foam that holds it in place. It just looks great. It's so, awesome. Doesn't it? That foam, yeah. yeah. Even the 13th doctor Sonic looks good <laughs> on the actual, cause you know, it's a bit of a strange one, isn't it? But, you know, when you look at their picture of it, the replica they've done, even that looks good. So, yeah, I'm going to shut the window now before I get tempted to, to buy anything because I do like their stuff a lot. Um, anyway, on to other merch news on Dalek Tat's little table. He's got a new Funko Pop that's, well, actually, it's not that new. It's been around for ages, but it's finally made its way over to the UK. Uh, and it's the Vashta Narada Pop, which was an NCC 2018 exclusive um, and he glows in the dark, apparently. <laughs> Doesn't now. Well, I say that because I've got a few pops that are um, are supposed to glow in the dark, and they're absolutely rubbish. I don't they know don't. if you've got they, any. No, I've they got don't one. glow yeah. at all. I've got old. Um, what's the emperor guy called from Empire Strikes Back? Gary Palpatine. Is it? Pa- what's Palpatine. he? The emperor. Yep, the emperor. The pal- yeah. But you know when he turns into emperor. Yes. Yeah. I've got one of him, and he's a solid glow-in-the-dark figure. He's like translucent. Is that the word? Is that the right word? Translucent? Yeah, probably. Yeah. yeah. He but doesn't glow at all. No, you, they you, don't really. No. You get more glow off a lump of coal than I would off that that <laughs> titan. Off that pop, I mean. Um, but anyway, this back to that Vashtanarada pop. Um, he looks pretty cool, I think. Uh, you can only get him here in the UK exclusively from Emp code at uk whoever the hell that is emp emp yep. emp.co.uk uh so fp haven't managed to get him uh seems that they they're really struggling to get the they are some of they? the some yeah. of the exclusives this year they really are yeah using their buying power yeah <laughs> um but what do you think mate I, I i quite like him i'm just he's he's 20 pounds and to me he's a bit out he's a bit overpriced i think if he was sort of um, 10 like Missy or even 14.99 I might go for him but 20 quid plus postage uh, I'm not going to get him I um, don't care if he does I don't care if he does glow uh, in the dark well I, well the glow in the dark thing you can probably discount <laughs> yeah cuz it doesn't I don't think it's going to work very well He um, is quite nice he's quite a nice little pop isn't he but yeah he's quite cool yeah he's quite cool I mean I as of a couple of weeks ago you know my stance on these I'm I've, I do. I don't buy them anymore now, but if you were looking to get one, then and the exclusives are always quite cool. If you keep them in the box, that is, because yeah. you really need them with the stickers on to say, you know, NYCC exclusive, that kind of thing. Yeah. Um, but in that case, it will glow in the dark even less. So, <laughs> um, <laughs> but no, if you're into, I mean, I like the Nash, the Vashtanarada. I think they were a very cool, threatening, creepy monster from from those episodes. So. I like it. 
Yeah, it is, I was going to say, I do love that two-parter. It is, it, it is one I'd like. And to be honest with you, maybe in the new year, you know, if I've got any money, <laughs> I might get him. I would like him. I just, 20 quid plus postage, just a little bit. Yeah, yeah I expensive, but I would like him. I do like him. Yeah, yeah. I mean, as long as it, it, it does say that while stocks last, so it sounds like this is the only batch that they've got. Yeah. So, um, yeah, if you want it, though, just go over emp.co.uk, just do a search for Vash Denarada, you'll see it on there. Yeah. Ooh. That's it for news and merch, buddy. That's it, that's, that's your lot. Are you ribbit for this one? <laughs> Yes, I can't think of any frog jokes. Oh dear. What, what we got, buddy? So, um, yeah, so this week, uh, episode nine out of ten of series 11. Can you believe it? Correct. Uh, penultimate episode, yeah. And it's called It Takes You Away. Norway. Definitely Norway. Soil? A cottage in winter with a chimney but no smoke. What's got you so scared? It takes you away. It takes you away. <laughs> It certainly does. It takes you away. It takes you away. Okay, now I'm just <laughs> going to stop. So it Takes You Away was written by Ed Heim. It was directed by Jamie Childs. And it stars a usual uh, team TARDIS uh, with a, a smattering of, um, of uh, supporting cast. Uh, story is, now please, mate, you're going to have to just guide <laughs> me on this one just to make sure I'm not screwing this up. But the story okay. is... Uh, the TARDIS team land in Norway, they find a cottage and it's one of those immediate things which is very cool in Doctor Who where they, the Doctor just instinctively knows that something isn't right just by looking at a very ordinary situation and they find a young girl who's uh, barricaded herself inside and it turns out her father has done the off. What he's actually done is he's found a portal uh, in the mirror upstairs which takes him to an alternate universe where he finds his dead wife, but she's not really his dead wife. It's just like a trick to get him to stay there because there's this ancient um, monster thing. I'm not going to call it a frog because it's not really a frog, is it? Um, no. It's like an ancient thing called the Solitract, which, according to the Doctor, way, way back when, before there was light and dark and matter and everything, the solid tract um, created this other universe and really wants to be joined in with our universe. So he creates these little tricks to draw people in so that the anti-zone can sort of be, the, the buffer zone between the two universes can collapse and the two universes can join together. But the doctor explains that if that happens, that's going to be really, really bad. So she sort of befriends the frog and, convinces it to to back off and then everything's cool so that's the sort of roughly what i took it to be <laughs> yeah no i think that's that's a pretty decent sum up yeah i, I think that's roughly what it is it's a bit of it was yeah. a bit of an out there one this one wasn't it it was um it was a bit trippy yeah so that's pretty much it what were your again you and i have no no idea what we thought on this one so no. what, what you what's your takeaway on this one so um this might surprise you but I really enjoyed this episode. Like on a first watch, I was, I really enjoyed it. And I thought, were you hopping around afterwards? Uh, I was, yeah, I was hopping around and I, and I was, went online and I saw the reaction to it and I was like, Oh, 
it was quite a bit of a, there was quite a backlash to this and i think mainly because of the frog i will admit the frog completely threw me i actually said what the bleep when it came on screen i could it did take me out of the episode i really couldn't get it but um i watched it again yesterday i i don't know that it's it's not it's far from perfect i can see why people are perhaps not on board with it as much as i am but i just I thoroughly enjoyed it. I, I like these episodes where there's something a bit wacky going on, like the whole mirror universe. It's a bit Star Trek, to be honest with you, this whole jumping through a mirror, going to another world. Um, but, it, you know, I, I love it when they try something different. Let's put it that way. It, it may not have succeeded on all levels, um, but I liked the ideas in it. And, uh, and I, I just really liked the story. Um, yeah, I just really enjoyed it. I really enjoyed it. So, yeah, uh, the frog will get on to it. It, <laughs> it was quite surprising, but I, I even like the frog. Because it just reminds me of a sort of Douglas Adams type Doctor Who crazy thing. I mean, it it would it's more Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy, I think, than Doctor Who. Yeah, but I yeah. maybe that's why I like it. The, the only thing I will say is I'm just going to get this out of the way now, actually. <laughs> the only thing with the frog, right, is that considering how amazing everything's looked in this series i can't think of any bad special effects or anything that's looked a bit dodgy this series i was surprised how bad the frog looked so i actually quite liked him but he did look rubbish and i was thinking oh no that's the first time like an effect has let this series down that i can think of anyway i mean the mouth Mm -hmm. didn't move with the talking for a start i guess it was a puppet it wasn't cgi was it it was a no, it wasn't. I'm assuming it was a. So I was just a little surprised because to me the episode looked great again, and until that point, and I'm just surprised that they didn't realise that idea better on screen, considering how everything else in the series has been realised so well by the production team. Does that make sense? Do you do you agree with me about that? No. Oh, okay. <laughs> you just hated the frog. No, I didn't hate it at all. All oh, right. Well, you thought the frog yeah. looked good. Yeah. No, he didn't. He looked terrible. I did. No, you didn't. <laughs> I did. <laughs> Not for the reasons you think, though. Okay, all right. Well, we'll yeah. c- do you want to say now, or do you want to come back to him? Uh, yeah, I just thought that... Uh, I think a lot of people have said how bad the frog looks, and I think... I thought you looked terrible. But I think it was meant to. Was it? Yeah. I, I, I think if, if, if everyone's jumping up and down saying how bad the frog is... I think they're kind of missing the point a little bit of that. All right. Yeah, because Doctor Who has some of the best designers and product designers in television. And there's absolutely no way that they would put that out there thinking or trying to fool people into thinking that that was a good effect. So I don't get it. It was completely intentional for it to look bad like that. But why? Because, well, this is, yeah, I was going to come on to this a little bit later, but um, you know, just sometimes in Doctor Who, it just needs to be just something completely unexpected. Mm-hmm. It just needs to throw the audience now and then and just do and something completely balmy and unexpected, and this pulled it off brilliantly. Well, it certainly did that. Yeah. But I, I don't believe for one minute it was supposed to look that bad. I, I think, yeah. If you, right, let's. 
Because yeah. I think you'd see, you would have had the same effect if it was looked good. Because the, the shock of it is there's a frog on a chair. Like, what the hell? That's the, that's the shock of it. It's not the fact it looks bad. Well, I think, it, well, if you're, if you're working on this episode for the BBC, right? Mm. And you've got Chibbers in the room and Matt Strevens and all the other people, right? And you put that down in front of them. The first thing they're going to say is, well, we're not going to use that because it looks atrocious. Mm. So it's completely intentional for it to look bad. It's, it's meant to be, it, it's meant to be there like that. I don't know. I can't see it, mate. Sorry. Yeah. I don't agree. I just can't see that they would, it, I just think they just didn't have, just didn't get it right. You don't think, uh, well. Or I, they run out of money. I don't know. I can't think why they would, because the only thing I like about it is it does remind me of sort of classic Who of, but in classic Who, that's all they could afford. I don't think that's the case here. It, I think they just it didn't get it right. Do you know what? I think it's just meant to be one of those things where <laughs> if you're talking, if you're, if you're referencing or you've got a character that's talking to, um, what's the way to this? Like a, a sentient universe. Mm. There's, abs- there's absolutely no rules in at all, is there, on how that should look good or bad, you know, whatever. But they didn't even get the, the mouth moving It's not in meant time. to. It's not uh, meant to. Right if, you now, th- right, if you think about, that's what I'm trying to say. If you think about the quality of people that are working on Doctor Who, yeah, you would have thought that if they were going to try and make it look realistic or make it look really good, then they would have got all those things done. They would have made it look more lifelike and they would have got the sink, the lips sinking more. and They would have done all that. There's no, no way... I- I think they're going to do a George Lucas. I think in no. like five years' time, they'll they'll CGI over that frog, just like they did with poor old Yoda. They'll CGI the hell out of him one day and say, "Oh yeah, that that didn't that never happened." Uh, I don't know. I'm you won't see. <laughs> I've, oh, got, I've got a lot more faith in the the designers who work on Doctor Who mm. than to just say, "You guys." you know, totally screwed that up because it's there for all to see, isn't it? You can't hide it. Well, no. That's what I mean. No. Is sometimes in, in any job, not, not like working in TV or film, but in any of our jobs that we do day to day, sometimes if there's not something you're too keen on doing or you just can't be bothered sometimes, you sneak things here and there, you cut corners and stuff like that. You can't do that on Doctor Who, obviously, can you? That's what I'm trying to say. The designers mm-hmm. didn't just, you know, Chibber's like, you know, we've got to have this design meeting this afternoon. I need to see the frog. <laughs> and they're like, oh, just don't worry. It's going to be fine. We'll just stick it in the program. Mm-hmm. And it'll be, you know, it's nothing like that at all, is it? That It would have been so intentional to do it that way. I, c- I just cannot believe that the quality of people put that out there and thought, you're never going to believe this frog we've done. It's freaking amazing. <laughs> Wait well, till you see it's, this frog. It's food for thought. It's food for thought, but I, yeah, it's not my thinking. I don't know. I don't think so. But, That's my right. thinking on it anyways. Yeah, well, no, it's yeah. interesting. It's an interesting take. Or maybe when I watch it for a third time, I'll, I'll bear that in mind and, and see if I agree with you next time I watch it. But yeah, I certainly didn't get that impression uh, when I watched it. That's not to say I didn't like it because I loved the idea. Balmy, As I said, it was, it? it was balmy, yeah. and I, I like a bit of balmy mm. like that. It, it's it's uh, proper crackers. So, um, but anyway, I jumped I jumped the gun a bit there, mate. I, I'll, before <laughs> we carry on, let's get your initial thoughts of the story. So, I, I really enjoyed it. What, what did you think? Yeah. So, initial thoughts and overall stuff. Um, I thought this was a, a, a solid episode. This one, I thought it had um, uh, 
I thought we were going in the right direction. I just wish we'd have had this earlier on in the series. Mm. Cause I feel That's like, what we said last week, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah, I feel like this is going in the right direction because yeah. I think Jodie had settled a little bit more in this one. Mm-hmm. I thought she was, um, I thought Ed Heim had, had written her in a way that was familiar, but it, I don't know, she just felt a bit more like she wasn't going through this whole, what am I doing, who am I sort of stuff. You yeah. Know, she's properly yeah. settled at this point and... There was a, and the the conversation that she had with um, Eric and Hannah in the attic and stuff. You know when they're when she's trying to convince them all that they're fakes and you yeah. need to ditch them and stuff. She was really cool there. And when she's having that conversation with the the frog towards the end, hmm. you know, I mean, props. she was great in that scene. Actually. Yeah, I mean, it must be quite difficult for an actor to have a very serious conversation with a a. a a frog on a chair it must be quite difficult so i thought i actually wonder if she even saw that frog yeah i wonder i reckon they put that in later i think she was acting to a white world white wall i mean yeah but no Um, she was good in that scene yeah uh so yeah i thought i mean it was a decent um sort of i just found it an intriguing story especially as we got into the antimatter sorry the antimatter when we got into the anti-zone and we met up with ribbons and stuff. Yeah, and, that was great, wasn't it? You know, it just had some cool stuff in there. And it, it, out of the ordinary as well. It wasn't a case of, oh, there's spiders running around Sheffield. Yeah. And that's your lot. It was very, it, it was very out there in every sense of the word. You know, interdimensional, multi-universes, strange creatures. It was just very cool. It tried new things, didn't it? Yes. That's what I loved yeah. about it. I thought it, even if they're not quite hitting all the right notes, it's trying something new and it's throwing in good ideas that I found really interesting. Like you said, not just the run of the mill, mm-hmm. you know, being chased down the corridor by a you know, spider <laughs> or monster or, yeah. you know, we haven't seen any monsters this series, but you know what I mean? It's, it was trying something different and I, I think that's why I enjoyed it. Um, I'm glad you did too. So that makes me want to ask you, are you surprised then? like I am about the negativity towards this episode. Cause I really thought, I thought when it ended, I thought there was a real good build up. I thought to the end, like everything seemed to be going wrong. She couldn't reactivate the mirror. It was too late. The moths were coming. I thought, this is great. This is, you know, this is really kicking in another level, mm-hmm. another gear, this episode. I'm loving this. And then I go online and it's just, yeah, it's just getting, I saw so, so much negativity towards it. And I know, again we seem to always like the episodes that people don't like like people are still raving about kablam which we didn't really rate at all so i was a bit surprised by the reactions this episode what what about you yeah i wasn't surprised do you know what it is you weren't surprised by fandom you mean yeah Yeah. and i think it's just uh you and i just aren't aligned with fandom with this Mm -hmm. series it just that's just obvious to see for everybody i think there's been a the odd time where where our views have, have have matched up, if you like, with the with general fan opinion. Mm. But I think, generally speaking, I mean, Kablam's just a, such a good example, like you just mentioned. Everybody yeah. seemed to love the heck out of it, but you and I were like, "What is this? What is this? yeah?" Come on! And I, I really struggled to watch it actually, funny enough, because I keep thinking. I said to you, didn't I, the other week? Oh, we're not in the Kablam club, and I want to <laughs> be in the Kablam. And I was thinking, no, maybe I'll give it another watch. And I just couldn't bring myself. Uh, I've watched it twice. There's nothing about it makes me want to rewatch it. This is the first episode uh, in quite a while that I was really 
I was actually genuinely looking forward to rewatching this again. I don't think I've had that since uh, Rosa, that level anyway. Okay. Like yeah. there have been episodes I enjoyed, like the, you know, Demons of Punjab. I thought it was a good episode. But when I was thinking, right, I've got to rewatch this as a podcast, I'd only watched it two days before. So I was thinking, mm, not really too bothered, but let's give it another go. This one, I was like, yeah, actually, let's get this on. I want to want to watch that again and and take in the idea. Because there was lots going on. Yeah. Like you said, there was loads of, you know, the... the anti-matter in between the two worlds, you know, where we got to meet ribbons. I love it when they, we get characters like that, you know, there's a little character in that world that we got to know ribbons. <laughs> he, he gets a really gruesome little death, doesn't he? He gets uh, his flesh eating off and little moth coming out of his eye. And well, his little that was, yeah. yeah, I mean, that was good stuff. You know, it was, I, I just found all these interesting ideas really worked for me. I was a little confused on a first watch was, you know, you had to sort of, pay attention i think to work on what was going on but i love the fact that it kept throwing out questions and i kept thinking oh please don't be an episode where they give us loads of questions and don't give us answers but we did get answers if you yes. followed the story yep. through and I, that's why i felt by the end of it that i really enjoyed it i was like okay it it threw in a lot of stuff there that could have really fell apart but they gave us answers for all of it and then for me it all gelled quite well really mm. Yeah, I think there was just more content in this to enjoy yeah, versus yeah. some of the previous weeks. And because we had things like, and also one thing I really liked about it, it was, it was nothing like the synopsis as well. Like, yeah. You know, the, the little blurb they give you before the episode. So it was, it, it sounded a bit witch findery as well when we read it last week. Yeah. You know, they find this little cottage in a fjord in Norway some things, you know, hunting. And you just thought, right, this is going to be a, could this be a creature feature, a proper little scary monster, almost like the witch finders, you know, a scary mm. witch out in the cottage sort of thing. And that was only evident really in the first five minutes. After that, it just just went off into a whole nother, completely different direction. So it was unexpected as well. It was that sort of, I had expectations in my head of this almost, Sort of Witchfinders Part Two, where there was going to be mm. a, something in this cottage because it sound they made it sound like a sort of Hansel and Gretel, yeah, little, almost fairy tale ish. That's all, that's mm. how they made it sound in the build up to it, and we had absolutely opposite, you know, the opposite to that. So that was really cool. It was unexpected. Yeah, that's that's what I loved as well because the first sort of five minutes where you got like creaking door handles and things slamming, and <laughs> I, it was a, quite a creepy start wasn't it the first sort of five ten minutes and i thought yeah that's where we're going mm -hmm. with that creepy there, oh, there's something in the cottage and there's a girl <laughs> hiding in the closet and she's blind and I, so yeah so we thought we were going one way with the episode and then it completely flipped yes. and it was about yeah. 10 minutes in it completely flipped and that's what i loved about it same as you i was like oh well so this isn't this isn't just your standard uh oh we're going to be running around the forest there's something coming there's a monster you know they sort of led us down that trap for 10 minutes and then flipped it on its head and threw in all these great ideas like the antimatter world. It, is that what it was called? Anti-matter. The anti-zone. Anti-zone. Yeah, the yeah. anti-zone. They threw that in there with ribbons and then the other world where it was flipped. And then obviously they brought back a couple of characters. Well, a character we thought was dead. And it took us in a whole new direction. Mm -hmm. And I thought, yeah, good on you. Instead of just sitting there and writing a good runaround episode and delivering, you know, a substandard script. You've tried something different. You've thrown in a load of ideas. And, yeah, I just thought that's, you know, that's so much better than I was expecting. 
Yes, I was yeah. hoping because we've been up up and down this series, haven't we? And oh, I'll, you yeah, know, big time. I'll, I'll be honest with you. I was sitting there beforehand thinking, "Here we go again. Come on, let's have a let's not leave <laughs> it to the finale." And we'll yeah, you know, we, this is the last one before Chibbers gets his hands on it again. I know. So, I kept thinking yeah, that. Yeah. So let's try and let's try and have a belter before Chibbers, you know, gets his teeth into the finale. And uh, yeah, I, I didn't disappoint, mate. Afterwards, as you know, some of the years episodes afterwards, I just sat there thinking, oh. You f- sometimes feel nothing. Nothing, you? You yeah. just think, like, well, oh, that was mm, okay. Yeah, I don't want to feel like this. Mm. Uh, but this one afterwards, I thought, oh, that was a that was a cracking one. And I actually was looking forward to rewatching it for the review. I thought, mm. oh, I'm going to enjoy this one. I, I wonder if some people are a little disappointed because it was the penultimate episode you know in the past we've had not two parters but they sometimes lead into like a big final and it's all build up build up this was just a nice little standalone episode and i wonder if people perhaps who didn't enjoy it as much as we did were just expecting something different like we've had before you know in terms of they were expecting this to be almost like a sort of two-parter but two you know standalone stories if you know what i mean because mm, it's leading yeah. next week is the final I'm personally not expecting anything too grand from Chibbers for a final. I don't think it's going to be like the big blockbuster finals we've had in the past. I'm just not expecting that. And I think this being the penultimate episode kind of tells me the same thing, really. I I quite like the fact it was just a little standalone. I didn't really want it to be a big build-up to next week's episode, sort of a throwaway episode. I think this stood on its own two feet. The only point I thought where we might be leading up to something was when they got trapped when she couldn't reopen the mirror okay yeah and i thought oh i wonder if this is gonna be it if this is gonna be like a cliffhanger ending of like well that's it i've i'm trapped and they're all on the other side of the mirror and the doctor's on her own boom into you know and then next week's the big final but it didn't do that it's the only time if you know what i mean when i thought is this leading into next week's but no they got in the tardis said goodbye tardis took off and that was it it was just okay next week's the final you know, but did you yeah. did you did it bug you at all that it wasn't like a sort of a grand build up to something big? No, 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 no. I think that's been par for the course for series eleven. Yeah, it has, isn't it? Yeah, we seem to have done away with. I, I, I'll be honest with you. After the cliffhanger at the end of episode one, I was looking forward to those throughout the series. I thought, yes, are we going back to the good oh, old? Oh yes, I did. Yeah. So yeah. I did think, are we going to see some? Some arcs, not sort of big Moffat huge story arcs, but are we going to see some mm. arcs carry over from from ep to ep? But we they're just but they've all been isolated, haven't they? They've all been one offs, if you know what I mean. I, I, I yeah, I would. I loved that cliffhanger to episode one. I thought it was brilliant where they were left floating in space. I would have liked maybe just a couple of the episodes to have done that. I wouldn't have wanted it every week, but <clears throat> I think it would have been yeah. nice if like every you know sort of three or four or whatever we just got a cliffhanger just to keep us on the edge till next week rather than mm. thinking oh that's dumb what's next week then but, but no, I, I wouldn't want wouldn't want it every week no and i don't think it i don't think it will take away from the potential enjoyment for this sunday's finale um, yeah i am I'm a just, little worried about this finale i'll, I'll be honest with you. only I that am, i just yeah. think it's going to feel a bit flat i mean there's yeah. talk of daleks coming back and talk of can't some other characters coming back into it it'll just be that tooth guy won't it it's just going to be him 
Yeah, what's his name? Tim Shaw. Tim Shaw. Yeah, I just don't have a big feeling about it. But now, I think after after that episode's gone out on Sunday, it will either finally put to bed this mythical contract with Terry Nation. Oh yeah. You know, because we've said before this series kicked off, we did say that Chibbers, well, well, the Chibbers and Matt Strevan said there's not going to be any familiar monsters in this one. It's all going to be new aliens to to combat and new monsters to get scared of. And uh, but everyone said, well, hold on, there is this contract supposedly that Mm. the Daleks have to appear at least once in every series of Who. So so far. Because there was this talk of the BBC have bought that contract out and yeah. all these different rumours. So I guess after next week, we'll find out if that's true or not. If we see a Dalek next week, then that contract is is true. It's there somewhere. I suppose he yeah. could put it, even if he didn't have it, he could do like Moffat did. What, which episode was it? Was it the, um, uh, what's that dreadful Christmas special called? There's a scene where the Dalek just floats down <clears throat> towards a window and makes a little... 10 second cameo and Moffat's like got round it <laughs> got by around it, yeah, yeah we had the Daleks in it this week <laughs> it's like yeah okay um, what's that called The Widow the Wardrobe isn't it is the, it that one The Widow the Witch where we get a 10 no. second clip of the Dalek I don't know something anyway like, yeah. Yeah. the Chibbers could do that he could just have it just Possibly. in a dream sequence or something you yeah. know Dalek in the shower come back after all these years but I'd love to see Chibbers <laughs> Bursting into the Terry Nation estate, slamming the doors open, <laughs> getting the contract out, ripping it up, throwing it across the room, and then uh, coming back, you know, a couple of months later. Oh, uh, yeah, a bit heavy handed there, guys. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. You know, trying to sell a tape it back together. And it's that really awkward. All we can hear is like a, a teaspoon stirring a cup of tea. Yeah. It's yeah. the only thing in the room and just eyes on him. Yeah. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. 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 And there's, and there's, yeah, someone in the Terranation state just sat in their chair, legs crossed, popping bubble wrap, going, "Yeah, see, you wanted to get rid of the Daleks, you, you gave them bubble wrap." Yeah, now <laughs> get the heck out. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I was going to say something quite strong then. You were, you were. I had to remember where I was. Yeah, but it's interesting, Faye, for sure, because we haven't seen any. We haven't seen no. any recurring. Well, we haven't seen any. Have we? I've been asleep. We haven't seen any aliens from previous Doctor Who in this series, have we? No. Zygon's got a mention this week in a bit of a clunky way, but that's it. But we haven't we actually haven't seen, seen any. any. No, no, we haven't seen any. No, that's no. what I thought, yeah. yeah. Okay, back to this episode then. Mm-hmm. Story-wise, I think we can agree it was just completely balmy. It was... Yeah, it was, yeah. yeah. And But do you know what? I think sometimes Who needs that now and then. I think it just needs a bit of classic flavouring in there. Do you know what I mean? It just needs a bit of yeah. classic Who feel just to, like you said, just to mix things up and try stuff. And For me personally, it's exactly what this series needed. I, I was like, you summed it up perfectly earlier saying the stories you've had have been sort of so predictable really and run of the mill. That, you know, although this may not have worked on every level, we tried something different and I like yeah. that, you know. Yeah. I'm thinking of sort of Kinder, for example, which is completely bonkers <laughs> and, you know, yeah. it may not be the best story, but it's interesting. It is. And uh, yeah. so so this for me was, you know, was a welcome bit of barminess yeah. for the series, yeah. It reminded me a little bit of um, Pyramids of Mars. You know, you really? had Sutek that was not in another universe, oh, but was yeah, in another yeah, location okay, yeah. and he was trying to come through. Yeah, you know, it, so it did have a a, a definite, especially with the, and we'll agree to disagree on the, the on the frog. on the frog, yeah. Um, 
But, you know, it definitely had that classic Who uh, feel to it at times. Not always, but just mm. at times and just the, the essence of it. It just felt very old school, you know, back when they were taking whatever and then writing scripts and stories. It, it felt a little <laughs> bit like, okay. Yeah. I guess I also love stuff like the balloons, you know, they're just, again, simple ideas. They're walking around this big red balloon, which was oh, a yeah. bit like, yeah. reminded me of it, yeah. you know, they're just yeah. walking around this big red balloon, but it attracts those moths, which yeah. see, I thought the moths look great. So maybe you've got a point because either <laughs> they spent all the budget on the moths or like you said, they did it intentionally because they look really good. I thought, yeah. especially the big one on the balloon, yeah. like, they did a good close up shot of it moving around. I thought that's quite good. Think about it this way. Even back in the Eccleston era or some mm. of the tenant stuff, even then, when they had to do physical props or... It, think about uh, the Eccleston series uh, uh, episode when they go up to... Is it called The End of the World? When they go up into the Space Centre and they watch the world going to collapse and it's got all the different oh, yeah, yeah. types of things and it's got uh, the, the antagonist is the woman's sh- uh, skin stretched. Yeah, and she keeps getting moisturised. That's it. Yeah, think yeah. about even back then when probably the budget was half of what they have now. Mm. Think how cool some of all those costumes and prosthetics looked. Yeah, on all those people, right? What was the good little guy in the blue chair? The blue guy in the chair, Mox. No, the Mox of So if you think about them when they had nowhere near as much money as they have, I'm not saying that they've got unlimited money now, but they, they mm. certainly wouldn't have had enough. Sorry, as much money. Think about that. You know, yeah, they managed to accomplish really, really cool alien. It just throughout all of Doctor Who, all of the designers on Who have managed to make these really nice looking alien, you know, stuff. So why would they throw in this plasticky, <laughs> weird looking frog if they didn't? Mm-hmm. If it was, I'm, I'm telling you, mate, it was definitely. Um, we'll have to track down at some point somebody who worked on the show who's not under yeah. an NDA anymore who can shed a bit of light on it. But I, I'm 99% sure that that was a completely intentional thing. Mm. Yeah. You, you, you're still not winning me I'm, over. I'm not winning okay. you over, am I? Okay. No, you're not. But um, I did like the moths. The only thing I would say about the moths is they were really scary in the scene when they killed old poor old ribbons. <laughs> like they, <laughs> they just devoured him within seconds and the doctor's like, don't move. And I thought they were really cool. But then later on in the episode, they were very easy to get away from. And I thought that was a bit of a shame, uh, to be honest, because they literally just hid around a rock. And I thought, oh, I thought these were, you know, like pretty cool, these moss. Mm. Yeah. No, they did look pretty good. They were huge as well. Yeah, huge moths. Huge moths. And I was a bit dubious at first. You know, when Ribbons was, I, I wasn't sure if he was trying to scam him because he did seem like a bit of mm. a chancer, didn't he? A bit of a, yeah. a, a heckler. Deceiver. Uh, Ribbons of the Seven Stomachs. Pretty good name. That's <laughs> good, isn't it? Yeah. And two knives he got called as well, didn't he? Two, two knives. knives. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, so I wasn't sure if he was just trying to scam them, like if the moths weren't mm. uh, sort of deadly at all. But then, yeah, when he got eaten by them all, then that was good. That was, It was a good, yeah, it's a good scene. Poor old Ribbons. Poor old Ribbons. It was one of those evil characters, but quite... He's a bit Gollum-ish, wasn't he? Yeah, Joe, I was disappointed with his character design. Yeah, I will admit, the I, I don't think the design was that great. I thought it was more the performance I liked. Yes, the performance was awesome. 
Yeah. But for me, I think that they just, it, it looks too close to the Sycorax. Uh, yeah, yeah, actually it does a bit, yeah. That's just me. Yeah, no, no, I think you might be right there, actually. Uh, I just found it, yeah, it looked a bit unoriginal. Mm. I, I think I know what you're saying. I Because, you know, the monsters that we have seen <laughs> in this episode, they have kind of been quite cool in design. He just looked a bit generic as a sort of creature, I thought. But, yeah. 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 I mean, don't yeah, get me wrong, yeah, his character performance was great. Kevin Eldon done a really good. Yeah, I thought he was good. Menacing, creepy little monster thing. Mm. Yeah, I, I like just, the way yeah. he talked as well. What did he call her, Sonic? I want the tubular. Tubular. The lady tubular. <laughs> Give me the tubular. I liked all that stuff he was doing and, and everything. And I like the way he flicked to be re- really nasty as well and stuff like that. Yeah. One negative. Mm-hmm. The anti-zone. Uh-huh. It's a great idea, but if you think about it in the bigger picture, all it yeah. is is just a glorified corridor for them to run down. <laughs> yeah, I know. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? I did notice that, and it was obviously quite, uh, yeah, because there's a bit where I think Graham, is it Graham or one of them goes, oh, look, Doctor, there's a light just up there. And I was thinking, well, the, the whole wall's lit up. I actually not noticed that. <laughs> so, yeah, I don't know if it was just a small bit of cave they used or set or whatever, but yeah, yeah I do, yeah. Do you know what I mean? It's like, it, it, even if I you do. think about, even if this stuff was based on science, it's, it's a literal corridor mm. between yeah. two universes, you know. So that I think that could have been a bit more. Uh, I don't know. I, I it just fleshed out a bit more, or they could have had some crazy alternate time vortex that they were mm. legging down, or something. It just felt a bit like, oh, this is just a, <laughs> a, a way for them to run away from something. Oh, and it happens to be in a corridor. Yeah, because I must admit, <laughs> when they first went into the alternative universe, we, I think at first we thought they were jumping back through the mirror. I was thinking, how the hell did they get back there so quick? They've supposed to have walked miles, you know. But then, of course, it turns out it's the alternative universe. And I was like, ah, okay, it's the other end of the cave. But, yeah, yeah I, I do know what you mean by that. Talking of that, you're saying about fleshing out that the anti-matter, anti-zone thing. <laughs> There's this picture, isn't there, floating around of Jody, like a, a set picture with Jody, Yasmin, and possibly Graham, I can't remember, stood in the cave with a really tall monster with a big long nose yeah, yeah. that supposedly was cut from this episode. Oh, Ribbons is there. So it's it looks like, well, it, it's pretty damn sure from this episode, um, unless they're going to have some weird flashback scene next week. So it looks like there was a cool-looking creature-stroke monster cut yeah, from was. the story. So yeah. I'm, I'm really intrigued. I hope when the Series 11 box set comes out, I hope there's some deleted scenes in because I really want to know what that creature is. Um, I've got this, I don't know if he'd go to these lengths, but before, when Chibbers took over, there's all this stuff about him, how secretive he is with filming. Do you remember all this stuff? And when mm-hmm. he filmed Broadchurch, he filmed fake scenes t- for the press and all that. Part of me just wonders if it was just to throw people off. I can't think that it was, but I have a little niggling doubt. Maybe it was just nothing. Do you know what I mean? But I'm I'm hoping it's not. I'm hoping it's something we get to see on the deleted scenes because it did look pretty cool. It did. And the, somebody, this thing, it was like a long black cloak with claws. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Somebody did explain what that was. That was. Oh, cut. really? Yeah. And I can't. For, this will surprise nobody. Oh. <laughs> I can't for the life of me remember what oh, it was. Oh no! I want to know. Yeah. Um, 
I'm just having a very quick whiz through to see if I can find it again. But yeah, yeah. It, it was a monster design that was going to be used for something. It might even have been the. It might even have been the solid tracks, like an, a, like a, an alternate design for that. That's what I think I heard, but yeah. I'm kind of hoping that's not true. I don't know, but I know exactly what you mean. Though, and anyone that's on Twitter a lot would, would have seen it. It was a, yeah, a photograph with this big, tall, quite cool-looking thing. Yeah, yeah. Um, but anyway, so, that, yeah. Sorry, go. On. We, yeah, I just said hopefully we'll find out what that was because I, I agree with you. I would, was intrigued a bit more by the creepy auntie zone with the moths and whatever that thing was. So yeah, hope we find out what it was. Uh, not too many negatives though. Um, so in terms of story, very very cool. Um, quite experimental you would say in terms of series 11 anyway yeah um, a little bit balmy which is what we need sometimes um so what, what did you think to the concept of like the overall concept then because sometimes it can be a bit uh when you pluck something out of the air which the doctor mm. has a habit of doing sometimes this is a biggie so when you're talking about an, a whole nother universe somewhere that's a quite a big one and i yeah it, and it and when the doctor's thinking about it, she almost sort of, it's like a light bulb moment. She's like, oh, I know what this is. Yeah. You know, she sort of talks through it. As, um, it's sort of a case of, as a, uh, what's the phrase? It's sort of the process of elimination, I suppose. She goes mm. through the facts that have happened and then she's sort of a light bulb, like, oh, I, I know what this is. It's the solid tract. And then mm. she has this really cool little speech where, her grandmother's that cool little bit. Yeah. They used to tell her the story of it. And then she, you know, dives back into her memory and she realizes what it's all about. Did you think that was too convenient or too quick to solve the whole thing? Cause it is a real big subject. Or did mm. you think that was a real cool doctor moment? Cause when I watched it the first time I thought, Oh, she's plucked this out of the air pretty quick. Mm. You know, it's not like this is just a monster that was on a planet somewhere. It's not, you know, Scaro and, you know, it's not some yeah. well-known planet that we know of. And she's like, yep, I know what this is. I felt like she plucked it out of the air quite quick. But on the second watch, I thought, ah, oh, it's actually quite cool because she's going through and she's trying to give a bit of backstory. Because mm. we've had that a couple of times before, haven't we? Back in one of the early episodes, she did say something like her family. Some She, she references her family. Yeah, I think it's the very first one, wasn't it? Possibly, yeah. And now mm. in this one, she's talking about her grandmother or her grandmothers. Yeah. Which was quite cool. I'm assuming regenerated grandmothers. Yeah. Um, so we got another tiny little inkling, just a tiny little little bit. But I thought it was a nice way for her to have come up with the, the solution, if you like. What did you think to that bit? No, yeah, no I, I liked it as well because I think um, a lot of people who are saying Jodie doesn't feel like the Doctor, and we felt a bit of that, um, mm. I think these little moments just remind us that it's the same character, you know, that, that, cause she can feel quite human at times, a bit like Tennant sometimes did. And it's good to have these little moments to remind us that, you know, she's lived this whole other life and all this weird stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, so I quite liked that bit, to be honest. Oh, cool. Yeah. Cool. Yeah. Yeah. The, the bit that I wasn't so fond of in terms of referencing stuff. Uh, what? Go on. Have you got it on your notes as well? Yeah. 
Yeah. Is is Yaz saying reverse the polarity, polarity, which yeah. felt like it was shoehorned in with a sledgehammer. That was the only <laughs> bit for me that I thought, yeah, that why made did me you cringe. do that? Why yeah, did you, that, that should have been cut. Um, not because I don't love the line, because I do. Oh, of course, yeah. It makes no sense for Yaz to say it at all. Why would and she say it, it? It just felt so unnatural in terms of the dialogue. And yeah, that just did did not work. So the Zygon line raised a smile. I thought that was sweet. That's but, cool. Yeah. But when Yaz says, oh, try reversing the polarity, that just felt really clunky dialogue. And it, yeah, it was like, I know what the writer was trying to do and I appreciate it, but it didn't work. <laughs> it shouldn't, it no. just didn't, it didn't work. Yeah. I'm not, you felt the same. Absolutely. Yeah. I'm not even sure. I'm not even sure there would be a scenario with this particular team where it would have worked. There's absolutely no reason for any of those guys, those three companions, there's no reason at all why they would suddenly say out of the blue, yeah. have you tried reversing the polarity? Yeah, it doesn't make any sense. No, no. it just felt very shoehorned in. Uh, yeah. I thought it was a bit, yeah, clunky. If they'd have brought back a classic companion for a story, maybe, mm. you know, it, it would have worked. Especially some anyone that had been a companion for Pertwee. Well, yeah, Joe Grant, for example. Of course, you could imagine yeah. her saying yeah, yeah, it, or Liz Shaw, yeah. or you know, or even Sarah Jane, really. Sarah but Jane, yeah. yeah, yeah, but not, but um, not Yaz. No, so I absolutely no. agree, mate. That was completely. I mean, some people love that. I saw on Twitter afterwards. Some people were all over it, but mm. for, uh, well, once again, you you and I are not really <laughs> feeling that bit. But it was, um, yeah, that was completely. Just, it just felt out of place. It felt out of place, didn't yeah. Because yeah, they made a big, not a big thing of it, but there was no music on at the time and it, was, it wasn't it was rushed. It was quite a poignant poignant sort of line. Yeah. So, yeah, yeah. I don't know, but yeah. Mm. Uh, visuals? Apart from the frog, in terms Pardon of frog. sort of cinematography and all that stuff, uh, I thought the anti-zone felt very, I'm going to say this quite a few times, I suppose, but that felt very classic who because it was a proper set. And it mm. was lit that way as well. Somebody had just thrown a big old red bulb in the corner. Yeah. And it was lit <laughs> yeah. that way. There was nothing special. There wasn't any big, mm. you know, technical lighting rigs going on. It was just really simple. It felt like um, Caves of Androzani a little bit, just legging through those dark lit, darkly lit tunnels. and Yeah, it reminded me a bit of the mutant sort of thing. All the, yeah. Was, yeah, like the, the sort of cold cave. Was it a set or was it a real cave? I can't decide. Which is a, a good thing. Yeah. It is a set, was it? Yeah. yeah. Which is good then, because it, it looked convincing, mm. I thought. Um, yeah, you know, she ties a little bit of string around the rock. I was thinking that ain't going to hold. Um, but yeah, no, I, I thought that looked good. I The bit I really liked in terms of the set design and, and lighting and stuff was I loved the bit when everything stopped at the end and like the slats, it, the the room turned white. All the light came through the slats of the hut, um, shed, hut, wherever you were, oh, house. Yeah. Yep. You know when it turned into the the white room. But yes. there was that one yeah. scene where everything just stopped, and and all these light poured through. You know the gaps um, of the boarded up place. And I thought it's just visually really good, very simple. And then she goes into the white room, and mm-hmm. um, I mean, never in a million years did we think when we saw that clip of a kissing something goodbye in that scene never oh, yeah. in a million years yeah. could we have guessed who or what she'd be doing that to so do you know what i love that 
Yeah. We all thought it was yeah. going to be Graham, I think, or, or we thought it was going to be one of the companions had died or going to be something. But yeah. it, to be a talking frog, I, there's just part of me that just absolutely loves that it turned out to be that. How mad and bonkers and yeah. you could never have got, guessed that in a million years could you Not um, at all, no. so i loved that and but yeah but that sticks in my mind like the sets were quite simple but the colors were good yes um yeah. and i just loved it when it all turned white like all the light coming through the beams i thought was just a great simple effect yeah it's very yeah. cool yeah yeah uh, oh i noticed they did a little um they they've matted in a little river as well you know when they keep going in and out of TARDIS at the start and the end you can see like this lake oh, in yeah, the background. Yeah. I was thinking, oh, that's um, because if you look at all the promotional shots, it's just trees. So they obviously mapped that in to give oh, cool. right. more scope. So yeah. oh, again, a nice little bit of detail by the production team. Hmm. I mean, totally unnecessary, but it just added to it. it looked quite nice. Yeah. Oh, cool. Okay. Yeah. Uh, some characters then. So what did you think to the Norwegian family first? So the parents, Eric and Trin, Trine? Trying, trying, trying yeah. Um, you you weren't keen on their accents. I think they were actually Norwegian, though. That's the thing. Oh no, oh, were they? Yeah. No, it wasn't. I thought they were okay. It was the uh, it was Han or Hon or oh, Hanny right. or it was Hanny whose accent I thought slipped a few times. But <laughs> um, no, no, I thought they were okay. Um, I thought Lisa Stoke as Trine was quite good as the evil because you know when she sort of turned at the end, she had a good sort of look about her. She did sort of switched from being like this i'm the mum to being i'm evil you know you all go go away then and all that so i thought oh, she, yeah, she was yeah. quite good um christiane rubeck as eric uh i thought it was quite a good character uh i love the fact they reversed his t-shirt for the mirror room oh you yeah, know with, yeah. it had slayer written backwards when he was in that room and then it was reversed to the right way when he was in the real world so that was a really cool little idea um, you, and i thought did you clock though that everything was mirrored or did you uh, just clock it on his T-shirt? Not the first time. No, the first time I just noticed his T-shirt. Yeah. And then yeah. when I watched it again, because everyone sort of pointed it out, I, I took more notice. And I thought that was a great little idea. Mm. Um, but yeah, I only noticed his T-shirt the first time. But yeah, uh, yeah I thought he was good. Um, you know, he, I thought his acting was okay. He wasn't the best actor, but he was good enough. Um, and uh, yeah, I thought he was fine. <laughs> Those two. Yeah, I can't really say any, you know, I'm sort of a bit on the offence of them. I just thought they they delivered a performance that, that worked in the story. I don't think they were great or and I don't think they were bad. I just thought they were good. Okay. Yeah. Whereas Ribbons, he gave something a bit extra, you know. I really liked Ribbons. So yeah. who, what's the guy's name? Kevin Eldon. Kevin Eldon, Um yeah. Who actually, now I've seen him out of the mask, I've seen him in loads of stuff He's over the years. Loads, yeah. This guy. Yeah. Um but he brought something nice to it, I thought. Sort of, like I said earlier, a bit of a Gollum character, a bit of a shady but likable, and you know, I thought he was a great character. Agree with you about his look, a little bit boring, but um, yeah, I, I thought he he was a, a nice addition to the cast. Yeah, yeah. No, it was cool. I mean, in terms of the parents, uh, I think they were pretty okay. Yeah, especially Eric. I thought he had a, a good performance. Um. And Ribbons, yeah, Kevin Eldon, I think, yeah, he just nailed that really creepy, mm. just the voice and everything, you know, it's just, you need that though, you need an actor that's just going to have, take it seriously, but have a little bit of fun and, you know, do those weird alien voices and yeah, try and act alien, it was very cool. He didn't go yeah. over the top, did he? Because that's the thing, sometimes when you get an actor doing that type of 
performance of character. They do have a habit of being a bit OTT, and I think he mm. he got the performance quite nicely. I thought. Yeah, I'd say so. Yeah. I didn't. Yeah, I didn't find it was a bit too much. Yeah. Hmm. Okay, so what about Ellie Wallwork then? Who played? Well, it's written as Hannah, but I'm, I thought they mentioned it as Hana. The, yeah, uh, I think yeah. it's funny because the way that. Tosin pronounced the name it sounded like Hannah didn't it when Ryan mm. was running around he's like Hannah 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 and I was thinking <laughs> what is it is it Hannah Hannah I don't know how it seemed that they all said a name differently to me but it's just the way they pronounced it I suppose but um, I didn't think she was particularly good uh, but she wasn't that bad either do you know what I mean she wasn't <laughs> she's not like one of the child actors from Forest of the Dead bad or anything like that um, she was she was okay she was all right. You think so? I do. I did. Well, she wasn't great, but I did love the interaction with the with Honor, Hannah, whatever you say, and Ryan. So right. I love the fact that there's this awkwardness between them, and she doesn't like him, and and then by the end, they you know they sort of put aside their differences and and their friends. So I did like the interaction between those two, but I wouldn't say she's the best actress. I'm afraid. Okay. What do you think? I, I thought she was actually very good. Did you? Okay. Yeah. I thought she, um, as you said, the scenes with Ryan were quite good. Yeah. And her interactions, I think she, for a blind actress, I think she played that quite strong. Mm. She wasn't, because um, she was terrified of the, the fake monster, wasn't she, that her dad had set up with the speakers and so on. Yeah, which was a cool little idea, actually. Yeah, so she was terrified of that, you could see, which she played really well. But then when she also stood up to Ryan and her dad, and especially her mum, when she encounters her mum in the in the mirrored universe, mm. immediately she's like, I hate you. You're not my mum. You know, she just clocks immediately and she's really strong. So I, th- I really liked her in those scenes where she was standing up for herself. It I was to me, yeah. I'll, I'll be honest. To me, it wasn't so much her acting. It was more the way she delivered her lines if okay. that makes sense. Right. So I don't that you could possibly put, put what I'm saying down to her accent. I, I think, cause I'm don't think she's actually Norwegian as she's far not, as I'm aware. No, no, I'd be very not. surprised if she is. Yeah. To me, it was more that I think she was struggling to keep that accent up more than anything. It wasn't so much her actual performance, but yeah. you know, the way she delivered a line just felt a little bit, um, <laughs> actory for want of a better word. It did. They didn't come across as being particularly delivered in a strong way so but I, I do think a lot of that was down to her keeping up the accent so okay yeah and Grace is back then Grace is now did you expect that no did you see that coming not at all Sharon Clark Sharon Clark back oh that was a shock and a good one I was thinking who's behind that who's behind that uh, blanket do you know, what, do you know what I thought do you know what I what? thought when I was when they were walking past the it? blanket what? I almost had a lob the remote control at the wall and storm out minute. I thought, Patrick. if this is River Song, there's oh, going no. to be some some oh. harsh consequences, Chibbers. I'm telling oh, you. Oh, that would have been dreadful. No, I actually thought it was, might be Missy, you know. I don't know, because I'll Missy. tell you. Well, no, I thought Missy because I was thinking, I started to wonder if we are in the Neverspear type situation oh, and stuff. Because right, right. at that point, we hadn't really had it explain what was going on mm-hmm. we were just seeing lots of dead people again <laughs> and then there was the music and the slow reveal of who was behind it. i thought it's not missy surely because there's <laughs> been rumors that she's 
coming back to, and I was thinking it can't be. Um, but no, it was grace. It was grace. It and, was grace. Um, and playing yeah. it well this time because mm. although, and I think, you know, I'm no director, but I would have thought that they would have got her to play the loving, lovely grace that Graham wanted her to be. Mm-hmm. But just at like 90%. So there's just, as, as an actor, it must be like, right, you're this character who's, you're this character who's in this position because you're trying to trick this other person. Mm-hmm. So you need to come across as that person. But there's a little bit there that just makes the audience think, is that really grace or not? Do you know yeah, what I, mean? I see. Yeah, yeah. So they really need to be sort of playing it as they did in the first episode, as Grace was in episode one. But mm. there's just very, very slight little nuances, tiny little bits like the way she spoke and the way she looked that made you think, is that really her? Mm. You know, and I thought Sharon Clark did that brilliantly. Just the way that she looked at the Doctor especially because the, the Solitract was acting through them. And yeah. they knew that the doctor was onto it all. And, you know, they could, you know, she was going to cause, she was going to throw the big spanner. Mm. So the way that, Sharon, uh, the way that, Sharon, the way that Grace looked at the doctor, I thought was brilliant. It's just those tiny little things that you might not have seen on a first watch. Yeah. But you think, hold on, would Grace have actually said that? Or would she have looked at the doctor like that? So yeah. great performance. Yeah, I thought it was good. I love the bit where she's talking about the frog necklace as well, telling that little story. Um, and I thought she delivered that really well. You know, he's like, you and Ryan got the same necklace or roll of the eyes and sort of brought the chemistry back between her and Bradders and stuff like that. Yeah. Um, yeah, it's weird, isn't it? Because when she was, when Ryan was trapped on the other side of the mirror and she was telling Graham to leave him there, like you said, I was thinking on a first watch, she could have sort of turned a bit more, she could have played it up a bit more, like leave him. And been a t- and then you would have been like, oh, that's not Grace. But because she kept in character, yeah, it yeah. kept you thinking, well, is it? Because she's not. It's not evil Grace. She didn't sort of turn. <laughs> yeah. Do you know what I mean? It is just like you said, the same performance she gave in the first episode, which actually makes you question more than if it's you know the real person, and it makes it harder for Graham to leave. Mm. So I agree with you. I think her performance was good because if she had turned a bit more dark in the performance you then graham would have guessed straight away and it would have been quite easy for him to see yeah, that it wasn't yeah. her and leave but mm-hmm. because it was so close to being grace it was like ah, oh, but it could be and if you put yourself in that situation of being reunited with someone you love who you think is dead and you've got another chance you know and they are acting just as you remember them you would be tempted to stay wouldn't you yeah, so yeah. yeah i agree with you i thought it was good yeah good performance let's move on to uh, Graham then straight away yeah Walsh, because those scenes were very he he's nailing it every week we say this don't we every week but he's I um, know but he is <laughs> like they really hit home because you could because he wasn't overplaying that at all no. if, if anything he downplayed that performance a little bit mm. because the most that you saw in terms of emotion and stuff was obviously when he first sees Grace he's almost uh sort of shocked isn't he he's in shock mm. almost he can't really believe it because he actually says you know it can't be you and all this stuff but then there's just a couple of bits where he just he just bows his head you know and he's got this mm. such a disappointed look on his face because 
especially that bit where she tell she says in you know leave Ryan he'll be fine and that's when he clocks he's like yeah you know you're a fake you know the real grace would never have and then he's just yeah like i said he just downplays it more than anything but it's so believable the the way you played that was bang on mm. absolutely bang it, on it's cuz he's he's confused isn't he you you sort of almost expect him to be you know like all lovey-dovey oh my oh, grace and all over mm-hmm. but He's actually he's wise enough to to sort of hold back his emotions just a little. He wants to believe it so much, mm, yeah. but he knows deep down in his heart that it's it can't be, doesn't he? And I think that's the way he played it, and I think that was the right way to play it, rather than just being all over and being like, "No, Doctor, of course it's Grace. Look, she's here. She remembers the necklace." And mm-hmm. that you can yeah. see that there's that element of doubt in his performance of, "Well, oh, I really so want it to be, but I know it's not." <laughs> deep down I know it's not but I really don't want to admit that um, so yeah I, and you could just get you got all of that pre- from his performance I think yeah absolutely you know yeah, yeah because of the way he downplayed it so yeah once again Bradley uh, Bradley well sorry just um, fantastic even at the end when he's looking out across the thing and he's just taking all it all in of what's just happened um, and then obviously Ryan comes over <laughs> and finally sit, finally calls in granddad now for me personally, that was I loved it. I don't care if it was cheesy as hell, badly timed. <laughs> I just loved that yeah, scene. Great, yeah. I don't care. Uh, oh, do you agree? Yeah, I, it's I great. was I was wondering if you might have felt. I know some people said it was a bit forced, a bit you know, bad time, you know, wrong timing. For me, it was great because I was like, "Is he? Fi- he's not going to finally say he said it." And I was, <laughs> I was, I was at home going, "Yes!" I was, yeah, I loved it. I don't care if people didn't love it. I loved it. No, it was. I don't see anything wrong with it. I don't see how it was poorly timed, if anything. No, I thought it was, no, I thought it was great. Yeah. yeah. And it wasn't forced because it could have been cheesy. Like uh, Ryan could have said it in a quite emotional way. And that would have been slightly out of character for him. But the way he says it and then grabs his cheeks and they, he makes a little laugh of it, he doesn't want it to be too serious, mm. I think makes it a, gr- a nice little scene. Because, And I think it's a good way of pulling. Graham's character out of that little yes. depressive bit he was just in. Because obviously he's just said goodbye to his wife for the second time. Even though she was a fake, you know, it still yeah. you know, hit him hard. And his little face, he doesn't light up like a Christmas tree, but he's got that sort of really nice little um, accomplished look in his face. He's like, he's mm. finally acknowledged that, he's you know, we're, said it. we're still a family, you know, and we're still... So I, th- I think it was a great... There's no reason why... People should complain about that, I don't think. It's, it's slightly strange that Ryan didn't get to see Grace, isn't it? Like, he's mm. been told about it, so he knows that Graham's been through that. But if he'd have been there as well, I think he would have, the impact would have been yes. even more so. Do you know what I mean? If he'd seen his mum, mm-hmm. his uh, grand's room. Uh, was it his grand? His grand, yeah. Yeah. So if he'd have actually seen her as well, I think the impact would have been massive on Ryan's character. But because he's just told, oh, by the way, Graham's a bit moved because, mm-hmm. you know, so he's just taking that all as sort of secondhand news, but he still recognizes how that must upset Graham. And I, I tell you, I've loved this progression of their bonding over this, this series between Graham and Ryan. Mm. I think it's been handled really well because we've just got little nuggets like the fist pump. No, he's not quite there yet. And <laughs> I think they've built their relationship really well mm-hmm. over the course of this series. Um, 
the only thing that slightly bugs me is I don't really get why Graham is so desperate for him to call him granddad at his age. And so it just doesn't feel particularly true to life. I don't think he'd be that bothered about it in real life, but <laughs> as a story crux, I, it doesn't bother me. I, I, you know, I thought it was a nice moment. I liked it. No, I agree. Yeah. And talking of Ryan, then I've seen a lot of people on Twitter. I don't know why we compare this to, to <laughs> no, why do we go on? I, I have no idea, but a, a lot of people <laughs> did say that he was out of character when he first encounters Hannah, mm, mm. Um, because because um, he did say, you know, quite. I thought it was quite funny where he's just like, oh, "This is rubbish." The dad's obviously just taken off. Yeah, and they're like Ryan, mm. and he's a, yeah, but there's no tact. Basically, you know, there's a young girl who's on her own. Dad's missing, and Ryan's just like, "Well, he's done. He off." And he's quite blasé <laughs> about it, but um, I don't know. He does explain it a little bit later on. He does say, oh, I'm, "I'm rubbish with kids," and. and yeah. You know, I'm no. So what did you think? Because I thought, uh, is it out of character for him? He's not really, he's always been very, a bit like Yaz, you know, they're quite similar in the fact that they've, up the series up to now anyway, they've both been very open hearted to all the people they've encountered and they've been very caring and willing to help. And in this one, he's just like, ah, he's just gone off and he. I, I, I did, on a first watch, I did think he was a bit out of character. I thought, oh, they've written Ryan a bit different this week. Why is he being such a, why is he being like that? Um, but I think actually on the second watch, if you think about it, because of the way Ryan's dad sort of went out on him, mm-hmm. I think he's kind of just taken a bit of that out on a, he's a bit like, well, you know, dads are like that, aren't they? Because it's, because of what happened exactly. to him. So, yeah. so I can see why he'd be like that but yeah i did, uh, first watch i did think it did seem a little harsh he doesn't we don't normally see ryan being a bit stroppy and like that so it did yeah. but um because they sort of bond over the episode anyway i, I think it it was quite good really yeah i, I think uh, a lot of people miss that point as well the the, mm. the the way that or the relationship that ryan's had with his own dad has ultimately forged his opinion on dads because it does do that to a lot of, yeah, you know, yeah 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 natural thinking so yes on the surface it might look like he's just non-caring and doesn't really give a hoot about mm. you know but it, when you sort of think about it, when you take a step back and think about it it's like oh it makes sense you know he's just well dad like you said you know that's just dad's for you yeah that's probably what i thinking i liked him in in this episode as well though because the the bit where he follows her into the anti-zone when he just says appears <laughs> behind her and you think oh good old ryan you know, he's he's followed her in. He probably didn't want to, but he's followed her in to make sure she's all right. He is a sort of caring character, and I like him. Mm. And and the bit where he's winding up Yaz when they first start exploring, uh, and he sees the hanging pheasants, and you <laughs> yeah. know, it, there's some really nice moments from him in this episode. I tell you, really nice little comedic moments and and more serious moments. I I just really like his character. Yeah. He's a bit of a sort of cheeky chappy. I can mm. you can sort of relate to some of the stuff that he. He does and says, yeah. He's cool. And he certainly had more to do than Yaz in this one. Yeah, poor old Yaz. Yeah, other than reversing she's not the getting a lot. Of, <laughs> she's not getting a lot of meat on the bones, is she? Bless her. I mean, she's not nine in this episodes one, anyway. in. Well, yeah. not really over the series particularly. Well, I did get to, because I, I think I've forgotten over the series 11 that she was a police officer because it's hardly been mentioned. And it's not, not that it needs to be, but, you know, that you sort of, there are times when in certain situations I think she would have acted differently as a police officer over this series. But I felt like there was a few little nods to it in this one. 
but without being, oh yes, I used to be a police officer, don't you know? Do you know what I mean? They, you just, she just felt a bit. She felt a bit stronger in in, in yes. certain yeah. parts of this episode, but yeah, still not a lot for it to do, unfortunately. No, uh, shame about that line as well. I almost wondered do you, when she read it in the script. Do you think she thought? Do you think she was like, well, "What does that mean?" Like, like it, it, yeah. I imagine there would have been some rumblings on the, on the location that day. Yeah. Like, don't you know? The third Doctor <laughs> used to say that all the time. You're lucky to be able to say that in Doctor Who, and she's probably thinking, "All right." So she probably has no clue the significance until somebody explained it to her. She probably yeah. when she first read the script, she probably thought, "What?" Righto, okay then. But until somebody explains her, oh, actually, this is a throwback to the Pertwee era because that was yeah. said all the time. She's like, "Oh, brilliant!" But yeah, <laughs> I don't know. It's like her only contribution. I know to the thing, but she, I mean, they were all good. You know, the Tardis team—they're all good as usual. It's just how much weight they have in each episode and we can discuss this on a whole other show uh, a podcast all on its own the you know should we have a full quote-unquote TARDIS team of three companions does it work what can they do and comparing it to previous years and all that stuff we can talk about that for another show completely but they all were good consistent I would say I think yeah I would say so and I think this large TARDIS team could work a bit better if we got more scenes of them together. So even if it's just little moments in the TARDIS when they're chatting and bonding and stuff, but they're kind of being thrown into the story straight away at the minute with no, you know, so they have to sort of bond in the structure of the adventure rather than any little scenes together. Cause right, we are, yeah. they are not using that TARDIS set a lot, aren't they? Oh, yeah, I think we all yeah. know, I think we all know why, but uh, yeah, we're hardly seeing that on screen. Um, in fact, the TARDIS has been used to a bare minimum this series, and I, I thought that might happen. I just had a feeling yeah. we weren't going to see much of the TARDIS. Um, it's a bit of a shame, because I love the TARDIS. I'd love to explore it more. You know, does Ryan and Yaz have, you know, do they have rooms in that TARDIS? Do they, <laughs> is there a food machine in there? Graham keeps going on about food like he pickle sandwich this week wasn't it or something i really fancied one afterwards as well oh, so cheese and pickle sarnie oh cheese yeah. and pickle lovely but yeah is there more to the tardis than that one room we haven't explored it at all um no. and i i would personally i would have loved to sit a bit more in the tardis maybe not that dreadful console room but beyond it is there anything beyond it you know is there a wardrobe is there a bedroom is there a mm. sofa is there a swimming pool is there a library come on you know, so yeah, we just we didn't see inside it at all this week or last week, did we? We haven't really seen it much at all in general. No, and really. it's such a gorgeous prop from the outside. Mm. Yeah. yeah, maybe that series twelve. No, I don't think. I just don't think Chippers <clears throat> likes the Tardis. Adventures in the Tardis. <laughs> yeah, the budget's really cut. They're all in that blimmin' <laughs> console room. Yeah. What about the Doctor? Judy, Judy. Um, I really liked her in this one, apart from the first five minutes. Again, definitely not aware. Yeah. Eating mud. I yeah. mean, for goodness sake, going banging on about TripAdvisor after eating mud and and something about a woolly invasion and the sheep taking over. It just she can't deliver those sort of lines. It's frustrating as hell. <laughs> like I imagine Tennant sort of throwing those lines out, and they would be great. It'd be funny, and she just. Yeah, the eating mud thing really annoyed me. I thought she was going to, I thought, oh no, 
here we go again. She's being written like an idiot. Keep writing it like a blimmin' teenager, and it's frustrating as hell. Thankfully, (laughs) that was just the first five minutes. Once she got into that house, I thought she was great. I really did like her performance in this, especially this interaction with Ribbons. She works really well with Bradley Walsh, you know. She really has a she good does, chemistry yeah. with him. When she mm-hmm. like went out to him and was like, sorry, sorry, um, Graham, that's not Grace. Hi, Grace, uh, that's not Grace. You know, those two, I think, click well. Mm-hmm. She delivered a great moment with um, the mum, Trine, or whatever her name was, when she was saying, you know, get rid of these guys. I'm the one you want. I've seen it all. I've seen worlds that... Brilliant. Absolutely really good. great stuff. The Even the bit with the frog. She was superb in those scenes. Really emotional stuff. Delivered it brilliantly. So just take away those first five minutes for me when she's being written stupidly again. I mean, how can you tell Trip Advisor by eating mud? It's it's stupid. It's not even... Yeah, I think it's meant I think to they're be mixing stupid it, though, isn't yeah, it? But they're mixing up the Doctor being sort of wacky as being childish and it's not they're not getting it right anyway take that away I thought she was great this week I really did I thought she really delivered in the majority of this this episode so I I did like her I thought she'd picked up like berries or something to begin with I didn't realise I don't know I was just cringing no she was definitely in mud but at at first before she said it do you want some mud I thought she picked up some berries or something but yeah it's kind of weird but I think it's they're trying to make her Quirky. Yeah, I think they're trying to throw in like a little dash of Matt Smith, a little dash of Trout, and like this mm-hmm. kind of quirky, zany little, you know, off the cuff, zany little one-liners and stuff. But yeah, and I think maybe she could, she could deliver those. But I don't know. They just seem to fall a little bit flat, don't they? They do. Do you know? Does and that make sense? It does. It. They don't. It's not a disaster. It. It just that they don't seem to carry any weight. There's no. It just falls flat yeah. a little bit. Yeah, there is, and I'll, and I'll be honest. As much as I love the performance, there was a when she explains stuff. She does this thing with her, with her hands, and she does the same thing every week, doesn't she? She's like, "This is going to happen," and then they are going to come in the room, and it's all going. I'm like, "Oh, for crying out loud, just <laughs> tone the performance." Like the exposition scenes. Thankfully, it was a real short one this week, yeah. but it still wound me up. I was like, "Oh, she <laughs> keeps doing it like that," and it's just so unnatural in terms of performance. Um, but I'm sorry, I'm being a bit negative because I really did like her this week, believe it or not. No, I did. There were, yeah. there were just these moments where she sort of slips back into the, the performance just doesn't come up to scratch for me sometimes of her. Mm-hmm. Um, but on the whole, uh, overall, I thought she was very good this week. Yeah, and I yeah. thought she was more, I think she was a little bit more settled this week. Yeah, than felt previous like weeks. It, yeah. yeah. She was yeah. really on it. Like just some key scenes where she just nailed those and and the interactions were really good as well. But yeah, I think that again, we could do a whole nother podcast on on her performance over the series. And, you know, should she have settled by now? You know, com- I know it's not fair to compare at all, but mm. when you compare it to the previous doctors since 2005, you know, they've all hit the ground running. You know, by yeah. episode three at the most, you know, they're absolutely on fire and, mm. and and know exactly what they want their doctor to be. Where I think Jodie, she's just, yeah, I think she, she's consistent, but she's she's trying. I think the writer's more than her, trying to do little things with her, you know, little, little tests, little experiments, if you like. Those little opening scenes where she can be, where nothing's, there's no serious plot, any, that's not kicked in yet. 
just those mm. opening few minutes where they can play around with her a little bit and I don't know. But I think she was good. I thought she was really good in it. One of one of my favourite performances this series so far from her anyway. Yeah, I yeah. did I did love I thought she was really good uh in the second half of the episode, like where she's trying to hold the mirror open and stuff with the sonic and it's you know, and, oh it's gone, it's too late and all there was some great stuff coming from her in terms of performance in the second half. Talking to the Sonic and getting used a lot again this week, I think we've just got to accept it. I, I was I was just, when it got thrown on the floor and Ribbons was trying to get it, I was thinking, oh, please let one of those moths <laughs> carry it away. Um, but I think, uh, in all honesty, it <laughs> seems the Doctor and the Sonic have gone hand in hand this series. Personally, I find it very irritating, but at the end of the day, that's it. And it, it's just the way we've got to accept it. She she even said it. I, I blimmin' love my Sonic. She said it. Yeah. It's yeah. it's the Doctor and Sonic go hand in hand now. I, I just think there's no point getting annoyed about it anymore. It's just part of it. She uses it for everything. She uses it for holding open doors, opening doors, for doing readings on characters. You know, uh, she just uses it for everything. And right, um, right. yeah, it's just the way it is, isn't it? I've <laughs> kind of just like I've I've got to let it go. It's just. Yeah, it's just part of the 13th Doctor. She just loves her Sonic, as she said. She said it. Yeah. I mean, yeah. Mm. Anyways. Yes. We don't want to end on a negative. because No, no, it good, no, because it, it was good. Yeah, it was overall good, it right? was good. Anything else you want to mention, though? Uh, don't think so. I thought Sagan's music was good again. Oh, that uh, Doctor's theme. Oh, um, we saw a few tweets um, somebody tweeted us, I think two or three people tweeted us um, the last couple of days to say that the Series 11 soundtrack is going to be out next month. Yeah, I've a few people have tweeted me about this because they know that me and you are desperate for it, but mm. I haven't seen it announced officially anywhere, so I'm getting a little bit annoyed because like, <laughs> I desperately want it to be true and people are report, reporting it as fact, but where's it come from? Because there's no official it's not on the merchandise page that we all use it's not i haven't seen anything from silver screen about it yeah i think there's some sort of music thing on youtube where people have got this from um but i just can't take it as a given until it's officially announced you know what i mean so i hope it's true i, I think it people are saying january the 11th or something, something be great like yeah. i hope it's yeah but it's very strange to jump from series 9 to 11 <laughs> my ocd is gonna hate that it, you know, hopefully Series 10 will come out to fill that gap. But yeah, I hope it's true, but I, I don't know. I hope so. It's not official, is it? It's not official yet. I think there was, I no. think it stemmed from uh, a music website had all the track listings. Right, okay. Which a load of people got hold of and then they took it down, so. All right, well, it was that. let's hope yeah. it's true, but yeah, yeah I've I not so. been confirmed yet. I was going to say, because that l lovely um, violin you know, That's the Doctor's beautiful. theme that was playing quite strong beautiful. in this one as they were getting in the TARDIS at the end. Yeah. Really, I just can't wait to blast that out. Me too. I'm really I'm really looking forward to the soundtrack, yeah. yeah. That's why I'm, I probably sound like I'm being angry because I just, I got all excited, like, yes, it's been announced and I was searching all the sites thinking, but actually it hasn't and people are saying it as if it's fact yeah. and I, I don't want to get my hopes up because I'm really looking forward to that. And we don't do rumours, as you know. And we don't do rumours. No. <laughs> yeah. Rightio, scores. Scores then. Scores on the doors. Scores on the doors. You to go first. It is. It is. Um, um, 8.5. <laughs> Sorry, I'm, I'm close to a 9 because I really loved it, but I'm not quite sure. It's a 
I, yeah, it's an 8.5 from me. An 8.5. Yeah. It's an 8.5 from me. Oh, okay. Yeah, cool. Yeah, I was so close to giving it a 9. It's not quite, but it's it's very close for me. It's a really good episode. I watch. really enjoyed it, yeah. Yeah, it's just not up there with the greats. So it's not up there with Rosa for me, so I guess I've got to sort of yeah. take it down a notch. But yeah, it was a good one. I really enjoyed it. It was a good one. Yes. Uh, we had a bunch of audio clips in from our listeners. Thank you so oh, much. Oh, great. Uh, let's get through a few of these first. This is Martin Arnold. Hello, Who fans. I suspect this episode is going to leave people either baffled or, um, you know, very entertained. I don't think there's going to be any half measures with this one. I liked it. I liked it very much. Uh, it was it was moving. It was creepy. It was. Um, I, I wondered if they were actually going to go to some kind of weird religious twist with the whole anti-zone thing. Um, I'm kind of glad they didn't. Uh, but it was it was just a terrific, well-written story. Um, I did think the idea of using the monster sounds was a bit contrived, and the, the use of a massive info dump at the end to sort of explain the universe and the solid tract was a bit. But that's a pacing problem. But it, it's these are minor quibbles against um, a very solid episode. I really liked it, uh, and this is this is season eleven, possibly the best of season eleven. I think this is a very, very, very strong episode um, with some good characterization all around. A solid eight out of ten, I think. No, you've convinced me. Eight point five out of ten. Cheers. <laughs> hey, you must. It must have been on the same psychic wavelength. Another eight point five. Yeah. Another one. Yeah. Some good points, Martin. Thank you very much. Thank you, Martin. Uh, this is a new audio reviewer, Senderina, uh, from across the pond. A newbie. Hello, Gary and Adam, and greetings from the Windy City. This is Bill, a.k.a. Time Lord 0902, and my review of It Takes You Away. I have been very, very critical of the season, but finally, this felt like proper Doctor Who. The episode had very nice visuals, an unnerving atmosphere. It reminded me a bit of the village, especially the part of the blind girl and the fake monsters in the woods. There were very good performances by the supporting cast, but I was not too enthused by the entire six grandmothers thing, nor ribbons, and anyone please tell me what the reason for having Yaz around is? Anyone? Jody was fine, but she just doesn't feel like the doctor to me. Olivia Coleman would have been a stronger and better choice in my humble opinion. But I will tell you, Bradley Walsh knocked it out of the park, and the ending I think would have had an even more emotional kick if Susan or even Rose was sitting on the chair instead of Kermit the Frog. Still, I give it a 9 out of 10. Cheers and beers, guys. Peace. Thank you very much, Bill. Excellent. Thanks, Bill. I love it when we get a newbie. Yes, indeed. Thank you so much. Yeah, thank you. Kermit the Frog. (laughs) Kirby. Sammy from Down Under. Sammy. Hey, Gary and Adam. Sammy Satine here. So, it takes you away. Well, it certainly does to a strange place that the doctor's fifth grandmother told bedtime stories about. It reminded me of the bit in the Harry Potter movies when Ron is telling Harry and Hermione about wizard fairy tales and they're both looking at him like he has two heads. I'm not sure what to rate this episode. It was good, just really bizarre. I think I'd give it seven frogs out of ten. I'm a bit concerned about next week, though. Chivers is back, which worries me. It shouldn't, but it does. See ya. Oh dear. You are not alone in thinking that, Sammy. I'm slightly worried about next, well, yeah. this week, next week, this week, <laughs> next week. You're definitely not alone. You know in that what one. I mean? Yeah. No. No. Thank you, Sammy. Uh, from the Who Addicts, Matt Rowney. Hey. Hey there, Gary and Adam. It's Matthew here from the Who Addicts. Now, 
Oh, it takes you away. I think this is an episode that was full of great ideas that just weren't executed properly. Um, I think the start of the episode, the first 10 to 15 minutes was fantastic. I thought there was genuinely a threat for once, you know, a threat, that thing we haven't had all series. Um, I thought for the first time we might actually have a threat outside the house. I thought it was a really creepy opening. Um, but when I found out that it was just noise coming out of a speaker, I was a little bit disappointed. I thought we spent too much time in the anti-zone and that was a little bit of a filler part of the episode and not enough time in the mirrored world. I don't think they made enough of Grace coming back. I would have rather them not done it at all because I don't think they got enough emotion out of them scenes. They had, yeah, there was a few nice moments between Graham and, and, um, and Grace, but they didn't really get as much out of it as they should have. It was over and done with really quickly. And one thing that really narked me is the fact that the Doctor and Yaz instantly didn't believe that this, you know, anyone in this universe was real. How the hell are we meant to believe that Grace might be real and that might be the real Grace? How are we meant to get on board with that dilemma, that decision that, you know, Graham's got to make if we instantly just don't believe it? So um, I thought they made a mistake with that. The frog thing at the end is possibly the stupidest thing I've ever seen. It was ridiculous and took me completely out of the story. Um, other than that, the TARDIS team were all right. I think Ryan and Graham were good. Yaz did nothing. And the Doctor was okay, except the Sonic read its ugly head once again. So yeah, an episode full of great ideas, a few nice moments, but overall didn't fulfil its potential at all. And a lot of them great ideas went to waste. So I'm going to give it a 6 out of 10. A six. six, a six there. Um, I do agree. It would have been nice to explore the mirror world a bit more. If it had been a two-parter, um, I think they could have done something with that. You know, it could have been quite interesting. But yeah. Yes. Thanks, so Matt. Uh, Thanks, Matt. Let's do a couple of um, social media stuff, and then we'll get back to some of these. Um, sorry, to the rest of these audio clips. Over on Twitter, Zeno uh, Chu says, "I loved it. I thought it was brilliant. The concepts, the story, the characters." The acting was all so good. It was a unique but emotional tale that just worked on so many levels. And Jodie got some fantastic scenes to really show what she is capable of. Mm-hmm. Natalie Harris says, It was okay. I enjoyed the mental sci-fi concept and was relieved to see uh, Jodie has improved over the last few eps. It's clear that Chibber's writing was what was holding her back. The only disappointment was a frog at the end. Should have been River or an old companion. Mm-hmm. Interesting. Jordan Shortman, one of our writers, says, I thought the first half was great, but the conclusion was so poorly handled that the whole thing fell apart. And it, mm. and, uh, and it didn't know what it wanted to be, horror, or was it about grief? Uh, and don't get me started about the talking frog. For me, it was oh, the no. biggest letdown so far. <laughs> uh, Rob Kelly. Oh, Rob Kelly sent in an audio clip, so I'll play his um, in a second. Uh, Neil, our good friend Neil Brighter Moon says It Takes You Away was a perfect title for Doctor Who tonight pure escapism on a Sunday night taking us far away such a strange and fantastical story that Who rarely ventures into dealing with grief and denial in a wonderful and very Doctor Who way Uh, he Mm. gives it 8.5 frogs out of 10 another 8.5 hurrah yes cheers Neil Uh, as Matt Mahmood says a weird one really emotional in parts but also really weird the frog scene was just surreal especially with it having Grace's voice. Uh, Graham and the Doctor were great, though, 7 out of 10. Nice. Uh, Craigie, Craig Paul DW, says, What an episode um, divides fandom. I always seem to be on the side of those miserable beeps, but somehow I love this one. The frog had me drowning in my own tears of laughter. Nice story, (laughs) but threat level kept upping 8 out of 10. Yeah, cool. Yeah. Uh, Let's grease for a couple more. I haven't got time to read them all out. Um... Let's do Rotide, where to start. Overall, the concept was daft, uh, and that ending was beyond shocking. 
Uh, it would have also concluded better if the Solitrack took on some form of important uh, role to the Doctor because we know it can. Uh, like Rover or a family member of the Doctor. They missed a trick. Only four out of ten. Oh. Uh, the who The Who-mus-niverse. Uh, this episode kept my attention for the entire time. I loved every moment and the frog in context makes sense. Uh, a problem with sonic overuse. Have the Doctor use her brains and she wasn't nearly angry enough at the father for abandoning his blind daughter. Uh, one, two, three, four, five stars out of six. Five out of six. Okay. Five out of six, yeah. Uh, let's do a couple more. Uh, Joshua van der Sluis, or van der Slies. Uh, I'm, I'm pretty sure I always get that wrong. Uh, the difference uh, on the Solitract and our universe on the colour palette and learning of the Doctor and multiple grandmothers was grand. Graham's growth as a character was great, but Ryan turned into a bumbling buffoon. Oh. And what was that ending question mark? It's a 6.5 grandpa's surprise. <laughs> Uh, let's do a, these audio clips. Uh, this is Rob Kelly. Hi, everybody. Uh, Rob Kelly here from Melbourne in Australia. I've just finished watching the most recent episode of, uh, of Doctor Who, uh, and um, great, great episode. I've just, I've just got off Twitter. I, I have never laughed so hard when I saw that, when I saw that frog, that frog on the chair. I, I don't think. Listen, uh, if you, if you don't have. Twitter, now's the time to get involved. I have never seen so many funny memes and Photoshop work in my life. It is the funniest thing. I, I'm so I'm sorry. That the frog on that chair was that this whole episode gets a I'm telling you I'm telling you right now it gets a ten out of ten from me. Actually it can have a can have a thirteen out of ten just based on, on the, all of the, the follow up Photoshop meme work that's been happening online. If you if you don't have Twitter as I as I said, it's now's the time to sign up. The, I've never seen so much funny stuff. Um I love the podcast. Um thanks. Rob just <laughs> Cheers, Rob, absolutely <laughs> loving it. Loving Twitter. You can tell yeah. that he recorded that sh- shortly after as well because yeah. he's absolutely wetting himself. <laughs> Brilliant. Cheers, Rob. Awesome. Thank you very much, Rob. Uh, TARDISNet66. Hello, Gary and I'm from the Big Blue Box podcast. So, it takes away. I really liked this episode, although I wasn't surprised to find on Twitter that it had a mixed reaction, as I can understand why a lot of people wouldn't like it, because it is rather a strange episode. It reminded me much of Kinder in the Fifth Doctor's era, which you also really liked. It had a lot of creative and strange ideas and concepts, which I really enjoyed and really loved. But it also was a rather personal character story for Graham, um, which was fantastic. And Bradley Walsh was absolutely brilliant in the role. And I liked how we had a little bit more closure between um, Graham and Ryan, as Ryan finally called him Grandad. The only thing I really didn't like was the frog at the end, which just felt incredibly stupid and incredibly out of place and just didn't work for me. I really liked it, and I'm intrigued to see what the finale will be. I imagine we're going to see Tim Shaw again. Uh, You might not be wrong there, mate. Oh, poor Froggy. I like the frog. Poor Froggy. (laughs) anyways thank you very much TARDISNet66 (laughs) so much chat around the frog I know it's unbelievable he's a a scene stealer (laughs) (laughs) the last one this is 
our friend Beefy. Well, guys, Beef back again, and it takes you away. The team arriving yet another forest, and what seems a really interesting setup with a monster in the forest, and you're not quite sure what it is. And it turns out to be something else, a portal that takes you from this plane to an alternative universe where the dead come back to life. It actually transpires to be a very emotional story about loss, where the two husbands are struggling to move on after the death of both their wives. After going through an arduous and dangerous trip, they meet uh, Ribbons of the Seven Stomachs, who would have been a character played by Kevin Eldon I'd love to see more of, hilarious, duplicitous, conniving, and a cannibal to boot. But the supporting cast was Woodmer's The Cabin, Ryan was irritating, although Yaz did step up this week, but Graham is still the heart and soul of the show. It's Graham Who featuring the Doctor. At least Jodie was the most fully formed and best version of the Doctor we've seen so far in nine weeks. For me, it did underplay a bit of the emotional aspect, but hey, we're watching a show where we've had talking spiders, so who am I to judge? I'm going to give this seven lily pads out of ten. And hopefully, at some point, we might get a lead-in for a finale. See ya. Yeah, cheers, Mr. Beef. Not too bad, Beefy. I thought you were going to destroy that a bit more there, but mm. not too bad. Thank he you He makes much. a good point about the forest. We have seen a lot of forests this series. We have, yeah. Yeah. A lot of greenery. A lot of greenery. Mm. No Robin Hood running around there. Not yet. Not yet. Mm-hmm. Over on Facebook, Jeff Waddle. Oh, yeah. Because I'm one of the few that cringes every time I hear the word fairy tale linked with Doctor Who, so I should have hated this, but instead we got a wonderful episode. Oh. Uh, maybe my favourite single episode since season five. Wow. Bizarre and creepy. Even the frog worked for me. Uh, Graham yet again steals the show. Quite frankly, he's carried most of the season. He gives it a 10. Yeah, see, Jeff gets it. Jeff, bring in the 10. <laughs> Jason Thayer, I loved it. Uh, I love Eldritch and Abominations, and I love the fact that Hannah was actually played by a blind woman. This was a blast. So spooky, 10 out of 10. Mm. Uh, Joseph Howarth, a beautiful episode. Words fail me when describing this episode. I would consider this my favourite episode with Rosa and Demons of the Punjab following close behind. 9 out of 10. 9, yeah, cool. Uh, Lawrence Baxter, I thought this was great. The setting, the story, the music atmosphere were the best of the series for me. This is the most gripped, tense, and sad I've been for Series 11. However, a big issue for me is the frog on the chair. <laughs> it was not only too surreal for my taste, but I think it uh, big, missed a big opportunity to do something with Doctor's history and developing the mythology. Uh, mm. Overall, though, an 8.5, fairly decent. Oh, that's good. Um, Stan Gallagher loved the setting. The whole team were good. Uh, Daniel Hickey. Uh, now, this is what I've been waiting for. Timey-wimey emotions. Still no real villain. Um but did not even realise that till reading reviews. Loved Ryan a bit better about this episode, his dad on someone else. Uh, The Frog was a real wasted opportunity to have been an old companion from the Doctor's past, but even with the few flaws, I love this one. Nine giant hairy butterflies out of (laughs) ten. Nice. These high scores on Facebook. Yeah. Uh, I'm going to breeze through some of these. I haven't got time. I'm really sorry. Thomas Richard, um, I came into this episode thinking I was going to enjoy it. I had a bad feeling when the doctor spotted the sheep, thinking, oh God, <laughs> that's going to be the monster. Uh, kind of made my eyes roll. But once we got started and moved into its other world, it really picked up an eight out of 10. Leslie cool. Shergold, liked it. But once again, my nephews were so bored that they preferred oh. to have their bath early after 10 minutes. 
Oh no. Beginning to sound like a broken record, but really think the show desperately needs an injection of fun, action, monsters and villains and spaceships and dastardly plots to keep the kids interested. Yeah. I mean, I, I do wonder what kids are making of it. It's Yeah. yeah. I don't completely disagree with you there, Leslie. I think mm. you're onto something there. Uh, Lou Gallagher, good atmospheric and quite emotional. Graham's the highlight and his scenes with Grace, along with the Doctor and Ryan, were brilliant. He gives it a 6 out of 10. And lastly, Andrew Cuthbert says, um, Series 11's redeeming episode. Absolutely loved it. It'll go down as a classic, a 9 out of 10. 9. So mostly positive stuff there. Uh, yeah, some really high scores overall. That's what I mean. It's... um. Other than the frog, I think the rest of the episode was received fairly well, I'd say. Yeah, I think a lot of people were just a bit taken out by it at first, if you know what I mean. Yeah. 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 The reaction on Geeks was very 50-50. Um, okay. Yeah, very 50-50. It's uh, definitely one that divided opinion over there. Yeah. Okay. But yeah. mostly positive on the podcast, which is good. Good. Thank you so much, everybody, for sending in your reviews, your audio clips, and commenting on Facebook and Twitter and so on. Indeed. Um, if I've got time, we did have a couple um, just over on Instagram, actually. Oh, yeah. Um, Chloe Anderson says, thought it was good, but also thought nothing really came of it, but fairly good overall. Uh, mm. Geek named Joel says, it's a shame I didn't really enjoy it. For me, it was just too confusing, and a frog really got on my nerves. The finale looks promising, though. <laughs> And the mm. geek with no name says, really enjoyed it. It was very close to my favourite ep in the series, Kablam. Uh, the ep felt like a few episodes just merged together, which I like. I thought it was looked uh, very atmospheric, although there was just one bit that kind of made me laugh, and that was the frog, obviously. Uh, yeah. Goes on to give it a 9 out of 10. So overall, really strong, this one. Yeah. I would say one of the strongest out of series 11 anyway. Yeah, which just, is good. Just Kermit. Not really, <laughs> not really winning people over. Uh, anyways, next week, finale time. What's the review for next week, dude? Finale. Can you believe it? Um, episode 10. Yeah. Uh, so it's called a ridiculous title. What is this? <laughs> the Battle of Ranskul Avkolos. Is that how you say it? That's the one. Yeah. <laughs> what does it mean? Well, this, what, this one's what been doing mean? the rounds on, on Twitter and Facebook as well, where people have said it's an anagram and they've tried to put the letters around and. Well, I will say that an overall consensus is that it does say Scaro. Well, yeah, I heard someone say, how does it say Scaro, though? I don't, I can't see it. Well, when you rearrange all the letters, it says Scaro and something else, apparently. Oh, so, God. who knows? It's up to the Chibber's crazy, crazy mind, I suppose. But You, you better pull it out of the bag, Chibber's, I'm telling you now. You better do. You're on your last warning. First and <laughs> final. I, I sound reset. I'm jesting. But no, I hope he does pull it out of the bag with this one. I, I'm i going into it with pretty low expectations. So I want to be raving about this next week. Really hope it's good. Well, sometimes it's the best way. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. All right, yeah. I think we'll do that, buddy, for 212. Yeah. Thank you, thank you so much for sticking with us through 212 and all the froggy shenanigans. Let us know if you're going to pick up this little mini moment prop. I think it will look a belter on the shelf. I'm not sure on the price, though. It's lovely, though. 
Yeah. It does look lovely. Yeah. Uh, thank you very much, everyone, for sending in your reviews and clips. Very much appreciated. We love hearing what you guys think. Our cool Big Blue Box community is very, very cool. Mm. And yeah, thank you to Bill over the pond. First time audio sender in. Anyone that's listening, if you want to send an audio clip, all you've got to do is get your phone out. <laughs> get your phone out, record a little clip, and then just email it to us. Hello at bigblueboxpodcast.co.uk. We'll play it out on the show. Yeah. Yeah, let the world think. Let the world know what you think. Yes. Until then, though, head over to the website www.bigblueboxpodcast.co.uk. You can listen to all of our shows on there, and you can link off to all of the social stuff that we're on. As give us a like and a follow on those, as we chat Doctor Who during the week. So we'd love to converse with you about all things Doctor Who on there. And there's also buttons to link off to the various podcast networks as well. The big one being iTunes. Why don't you give us a sub over there so you never miss a show when it lands every Friday. And if you are an iTunes listener, if you could spare a minute just for a review, that would be awesome because that helps us loads. Also, check out Adam's channel, The Geek's Handbag, over on YouTube. Geek's Handbag, yes. Go and have a look. Lots of nice videos over there. (laughs) Lots and lots of nice bits, yeah. Got Yeah, I'll have a new one up. The day that this comes out, a little unboxing, a little Doctor Who unboxing for you. Superb, yes. Yeah. Head over to YouTube, just do a search for The Geek's Handbag, you'll see his little face on there. (laughs) Give his channel a sub, like his videos, they're very, very cool. And Mm. Adam's also on the usual social stuff, Twitter, Facebook, Insta, all that stuff. Insta, yeah. The same name, The Geek's Handbag. Uh, Next week, looking very interesting, can't wait for your thoughts on this, whatever Mm. it turns out to be. Ranscor, Avkolos, who knows? Ranscor, Avkolos, yeah. So we'll be asking you a lot for your points uh, of view and reviews as well, so keep your ears out for that until next week (laughs) this is Gary this is Adam and remember Elonzi Elonzi